You're now listening to Music Impulse with Smiles. y'all it's your boy smiles and we back for another special episode of the music impulse i'm here with my man smooth vega yo and i got xb valentine in the building yo what's going on everybody all right and you know how we we start off all, all our musical episodes y'all we're gonna start off with xb's new new single no saint so if you can introduce that and we'll we'll get right to it Yes, sir. This is uh, my brand new single that I just dropped a couple weeks ago um, featuring Cap G uh, titled No Saint. So y'all go check that out and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. And we'll be right back. My baby ain't no saint I still love in the chase Don't throw me off my game Dick did the wrong things My baby ain't no saint I'm still loving the chase Don't throw me off my game, no, no Can't get you out of my head Cupid shot me with the vest Down that little pussy the best I'm visualizing you undressed I told her get in line Got another one calling my other line how we break up in the summertime But you always gonna be one of mine Way too toxic You gave me too many rules, couldn't stop me I could've made your wedding finger rocky I heard you loud and clear, bad copy Now I'm walking out your life, watch me Too much of arguing You always wanna win I know I was partying yeah, I had a lot of drinks Guess the truth come out when you tipsy You can leave if you want, you gon' miss me We could've been like Lauren and Nipsey Now I'm bent, pippin' R.P. to Pimp C I say what you want, but you want no mind How we grow apart, now we nothing now Tell me what you want Put me out of front, I'm gon' deliver on the spot I've had to adapt to the feeling of being numb Cause a part of me was satisfied with all the lust don't need the love, but no one's up to speed Went from doing it weekly to every day of the week Something about you pulling me in, it's making me weak Went from loving them overnight and never losing sleep But you the one keeping me up, I've been loving the consistency Tell me that you need me, cause I hate the persistency But your love is confusing me, cause who I am doesn't wanna need you And we back That was the new joint from XB Valentine Featuring Cap G, No Saint But how y'all doing? 
I'm feeling good. How are you doing? Good, hey, good, good. What you think about that song, man? It was fire. It was dope. Wasn't it? Yes, it was. I hope, I hope y'all like it. Run, run up them streams. Run up the streams. Run up the streams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super facts. Yeah, but uh, just to start off, um, uh, we'll start with you, my man, uh, Smooth. Uh, let us know who is Smooth Vay because I, I I've heard about you for a, a long time from like mutual Facebook friends and all that and seeing, seeing your posts well, and man, first, all that. For, hey, before we go any further, man, I appreciate you. You know, having us out out here, man. This is dope space. You know, yeah. I yeah. I went back and I listened to the podcast the other day, <clears throat> and when I was listening to it, I was like, man, you're onto something on this one, man. So keep at it. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, did you ask me who I was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what? It's it's really hard to um, to sum it up, but I guess the best way that I could sum it up is started as a recording artist, transitioned into a promoter. Became a promoter because didn't really have a lot of opportunities when I was younger. Yeah. So because I didn't have a lot of opportunities when I was younger, started booking my own shows, and I started my company, became a talent buyer. And just through that, man, I've, I've, I've played various roles. I think I'm just uh, one of those guys that, you know, like didn't have a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I taught myself and I developed skill, I wasn't necessarily naturally skilled like other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain people, as soon as they, they pick up the mic, they're really good at what they do. But I think just that was kind of my story. But, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I've, I've won awards <clears throat> back at home. I'm from Fort Worth. Um, best rap ar- best rap artist, R&B, 2005, 2000, no, it was 2006, 2007, okay. 2015. I was inducted into the Hall of Fame in Fort Worth in 2019. At 34, so I always think that that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? And you know, I've been nominated for several awards as a as a talent buyer as well. So work with a lot of people, man. Uh, <laughs> well, a what's people. a talent buyer? I was like, I've, I've never heard of that. What, 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 what can you explain so, that to me? What a talent buyer is? A talent buyer is essentially a, 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 a professional term for being a promoter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So uh, uh, a talent buyer is someone that you know. For example, if I book, you know, the baby mm-hmm. to perform. Technically, I'm buying the talent, mm-hmm. and I'm putting on the date, so that's technically a talent buyer. Okay, 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 cool, cool, guys. Hey, see, I'm learning new stuff, right? Right. right. A lot of people aren't really talent. <laughs> a lot of people that claim to be promoters aren't really even because ta- a lot of people assume that they're the same thing. Yeah. And on paper, it is, but a lot of people that do events aren't aren't buying the talent. They're uh, more like brokers. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like the the middleman doing. Yeah, doing they're the ones that connect the dots and structure the deals or whatever. Okay, uh, well, I guess since you said you started off as an artist, I guess what uh, made you want to do the transition from, like, artist to, you know, talent buyer and, and all this? And, and management and all that yeah. stuff. You know, I, I don't... Um, I don't think I ever really wanted to let go of doing music. Okay. But I just came to the realization pretty early on. Like, even though that I was... I don't think I'm a bad artist at all. I feel like I'm actually a really good artist and I know how to create music. The, the thing about me was... Probably 2008, 2009, I started getting a lot of friends, a lot of people that were close to me, a lot of fellow artists that were like, hey, man, I want you to help me out. And they saw a lot of the stuff I was doing for myself, mm-hmm. and they saw how much progression I was making. And I think the underline was always they knew how much I was creating with the little that I had. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I wasn't as talented as some of my counterparts, but I was. I had a lot more success rate than them. They yeah. did, which, I mean, really comes down to just hard work. Yeah. But... 
I think that just throughout that, man, I, I realized a lot of things because, you know, I was promoting at a really early age without realizing that I was promoting. Yeah. So I was getting on, like, these social media platforms. I used to have my website, smoothvega.com. I established it in 2002. Okay. And we used to have a that, That's program. early on in the, in the internet age, too. Oh, man, that's like the infancy, right? Yeah. Uh, I used to have this guest book where people could upload their photos, and it would drive traffic to my website. Uh-huh. So I would get on a lot of social media sites and tell people to sign my guest book. So I would have, like, a lot of girls on there. So a lot of, my, like, <laughs> like, a lot of people would get on there to go check it out. And, um, man, I just realized that I was doing social media marketing before it was called social media marketing. And yeah. I started developing a skill and being a promoter, and I started realizing, like, what makes people go and how to make people engage. And I think as time progressed, I realized, like, this is a skill. Yeah, because it's a talent to do that. Especially when you said, like, you're unintentionally doing, like, I'm just doing it just because, like, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, but that was back then. Now it's different, but I think the transition was natural. Yeah. Transition was natural at that point. Like, it was like, oh, well, you know, you know, people are kind of, they respect the, the hustle of what I'm doing, but they didn't really know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of how yeah. it became what it became. And then I can go into, like, detail about my events and stuff like that, but the first time I made real money was off of doing events, and that's whenever I said, okay. Yeah. I struggled to make a couple hundred dollars over the course of a week and of going hustling CDs hand by hand and being told no and disrespected by people. But I do one event and I make several thousand dollars in a night. It changed the course of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you have a premier live experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I formed premier live experience in 2000 and uh, officially in 2016, I launched it, but it was, it's been around since 2015. Uh, but the initial, Genesis of, of Premier Life was a company called Total Pandemonium that I did from 2007 to 2009. And I was actually mm-hmm. talking to a friend of mine the other day. I was like, nothing will ever replicate the feeling that I had in 2007, 2008, and 2009 when I started doing events. Yeah, because that's actually how I, uh, real quick, uh, how I um, first uh, found out who you are. Because I think y'all had posted about looking for like interns or something. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and I, was, I was like, oh, I'm interested in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people that, that I mean, we had a lot of momentum a few years ago, but I'm, I'm going back to the, the beginning of it. You know, I was doing events in 2007, 2008, and I was having a lot of success early on. So mm. I, I think I regret not doing talent buying earlier, like really routing tours, but. It happened when it was supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, 2007, 2008, 2009 was just so, something special. I was young, but it, it, it made me realize, like, what I'm capable of doing. So when I got to 2015 and 2016, I was like, oh, I know what I'm about to do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, I I, like- and we went on a run. I mean, we went on a run from 2016 to the end of 2018. I don't think there was any other, like, promotional entity locally, especially minority-owned that yes. was doing the things that we were doing. And it was just, like, unprecedented. It was, like, undeniable, and it was unmatched. You know, we worked with a lot of talent, man. I mean, we booked a lot of artists, did a lot of shows. You know, Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lap Tour, that was yep. the last shows he ever did in Texas he did with us. Yep. Um, same thing, Jordan Lucas, you know, Royce the 5'9", Joe Budden, The Game. You know, like, it feels funny whenever I name drop, but it's like, this is, like, some real shit, you know? Scarface, Bun B, Camilla there. Like, these are like there's just a lot of people, bro. A boogie with the hoodie. Yeah. Um just a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, because uh like when I like I said, I was like when I first heard about Premier Live Experience, uh, went back and was looking, I was like, Oh yeah, they 
done a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is dope. I was you like, you want to know what's so underrated about Premiere Live that I don't think anybody really gives a lot of credit to is that logo. The, yeah, the logo just looks official. I I paid somebody to do the logo and I gave them examples. I'm like, here, I gave them like ten examples. Uh-huh. And one of the examples I gave them was the Ticketmaster logo. Okay. And so when they brought it back, they gave me two versions of it. And one was like a circle, and it was like cursive. And I was like, I don't know, from a branding perspective, I didn't really feel it. And then I saw the ticket logo, and I was like, that's it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's it. Like, it looks so simple, but it's such a strong logo. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah, it's really dope, bro. I'm re- I'm extremely proud of what we accomplished, and we still continue to accomplish with the company because, you know, we're still active. It's not like we stopped doing it, but that run was I don't know, man. I can't, again, it's like momentum is a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like it, lightning in a bottle, man. Like it was, it was special. It was something that I met a lot of people through, and a lot of people found out who I was through it. It was kind of weird. I'm like, man, like you know when they would like, oh, you promote, you to promote it. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, I rap too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you like I, I do something else too. <laughs> like, cool, but uh, uh, speaking of like, cause, you know, with the company and everything, uh, how did the um, Quarantine, I guess, uh, affect you. I guess not even just business wise, but I guess like personally or any any personal ways of the quarantine and being in the pandemic and stuck inside and all that. That's a good question. I I think prior to the pandemic, the goal was always to like become a multimedia company. It was never like I just wanted to do an event. Like I I wanted it to be Premier Live Experience was supposed to be like the live concert. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to have Premier Live Management. I wanted to have Premier Live Agency. I wanted to have Premier Live TV. Premier Live Radio, there was always, like, a goal to, like, branch off. Uh, 2019, I jumped into podcasting. I started podcasting um, as a way just really as therapy, to be honest with you. And uh, I, through the relationships I made through the events, I was able to interview a lot of people. Okay, that's dope, that's dope. And uh, But I was only doing audio. And, like, anything else, man, everything just kind of takes a life of its own because, you know, I had tried to start like podcasting, like I wanted, initially I wanted to produce a show. I didn't want to be the personality. Yeah. So I started producing, I mean, I wanted to produce it, didn't work out. I started talking to people in 2017, 2018. I went to Dallas on air. I went to Fishbowl. I was talking to people about producing a show because I was tired of giving all the media outlets the interviews with all the artists I was bringing in town. And like a lot of these people, like 97.9 The Beat. Mm-hmm. K-104, mm-hmm. Dallas Observer, mm-hmm. like a lot of these, the D Magazine, uh, Cosign Magazine, we were giving a lot of these guys interviews. And whenever their award shows would come around, they would nominate everybody but me. Yeah, you like, and yo. I'm, I'm like, yo, I just gave y'all all these <laughs> fucking interviews y'all have. Y'all's biggest interviews on y'all's platform. <laughs> right. Or, that, that got a lot of traction were from us. And I took it personal at first because I didn't understand why. You know, like 97.9 The Beat, I remember we brought, um, I don't know if it was Joel Santana or if it was Bun B, and when we took them to the, to the station, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they um, they were doing the interview, and then after the they had a cameraman in there filming the whole entire interview, so I asked the personality, hey man, you know, can I promote the show on the air, can he promote the show, they're like, oh, we can't do that, because you're not paying for radio advertisement. So in my head, I'm like, dude, I just paid this artist $10,000 for him to be here. Yeah. And you're taking the content and you're publishing the content and you're uploading the content on Instagram. 
at least shout us out on Instagram. Right. And you guys are driving listeners and you guys are selling advertisers. You know, this this number that you guys have a reach on, partially because you have a big guest on. It's because of me. <laughs> yeah, like you could bring it back and they didn't bring it back. So I was like, all right. It's like even the Instagram shout out is, is, is enough. Yeah. You can end it by saying like, you know, shout out Premier Life Experience or shout out to Smooth Yeah, Vegas. that's all I cared about. All I cared about was bringing it back to the company. And the, the fact that they didn't bring it back to the company made me go, okay, I'll never give them anything again. I'm going to keep it all to myself. And and, I, and I've done that. So when I started doing my podcast, it was rough, you know, in the beginning. But I had it because I was doing it on my own. Yeah. And uh, I had a production team out of Dallas that started seeing all the guests I had. And he's like, yo, we should do this on video. And I'm real self-conscious. Like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't really, <laughs> <laughs> really want to be on camera. And I was like. He's like, we could do it to where, like, they FaceTime. He was giving me this whole concept and idea. He probably approached me about, I started podcasting in April of 2019. He approached me about September, October. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'll do, I'll do you one better. I'll, I'll bring the guest in, in the studio. So he's like, all right. And so I brought Genuine, and then the next week I brought Live Jennings. And as soon as we brought the first few interviews in studio, I was like, oh, this is it. This, yeah. is, this is where I'm going to focus at. Focus building my company aside from events going into 2020. So when the quarantine hit, yeah, I had already established a handful of digital content that I was going to be able to distribute. But I, I basically I pivoted and I and I started doing Zoom interviews. Okay, and that consumed so much of my time during the quarantine because I was learning how to make money off of YouTube, but at the same time I was interviewing a lot of people. For an extended period of time. So I'm interviewing people like Jay Prince. I'm interviewing people like, you know, Busy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Bun yeah. B, you name it. I was just interviewing all these big names. But it's not only that we're interviewing people, we're having conversations. Yep. Talking about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour with these people through Zoom during COVID. We're publishing the content, but we're also building relationships. Mm-hmm. And in the process, we're not steering away from the Premier Live name. So it's Premier Live TV. Premier Live was in front of your face the whole entire time during COVID. And that's smart. I, it, it, it is. It is. It really mm-hmm. is. Like, And, and I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because because it, was, it wasn't so much that it was planned, but I knew how important it was to, like, COVID put everything, the pandemic put everybody on the even playing field. Like, nobody had an advantage over anybody because yeah. nobody could move faster than anybody. Because we all stuck at home now. Because <laughs> now we're all at home, but what what are you going to do with the tools in front of you? Mm-hmm. So this was going back to the basics of when I started. When I started, I didn't have a car. You know, I didn't have money. People used to make fun of me. A lot of my counterparts would make fun of me and talk shit about me because I, I would always invest my money into music. Right, and then when I started promoting on the internet, they're like, "Man, you're an internet rapper. You're internet this. You're internet that." Right, back then it wasn't cool. Now it's fucking like right. want to go viral, right? Yeah. Uh, but the mentality was always, "Man, give me a stick and I'll make fire." You can't fault me for leveraging and utilizing the only resources I have in front of me. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yep. So if all I have is a phone, that's all I'm going to do is use my phone to to reach people. Mm-hmm. So with COVID, like I said, I, th- I think a lot of people were puzzled. and They didn't realize, like, yo, what am I going to do next? And I was like, I can't even think like that. I have to consistently stay in front of people because not only am I am, a, am I a promoter, but I'm also 
trying to build my brand. And yep. opportunities started coming in, and people were like, man, you're an excellent interviewer. Man, you're interviewing these people. I, I created a relationship with Def Jam during this time period. Like, I was really, like, becoming... Yeah, because I remember you had a, a listening session um, that I, I tuned in for. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, which one was it? The uh, Bobby Sessions, Davies, Daddy Lay? Uh, no, you were supposed to, or you were supposed to have... Uh, I think it was... Cap G was or who? Man, who, I, don't, uh, I don't remember. But I, was, yeah, yeah, I know. I remember it was like one that you were supposed to have that I tuned in. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, so it, did it impact me from an economic standpoint from doing live shows? Yeah, it did. I had tours that were planned that got postponed or canceled. Mm -hmm. But from a branding perspective, I feel that I kind of feel like I came out on top in a lot of ways. Like I feel like more people knew about me coming out of the pandemic than prior to the pandemic, as weird as that sounds. Because I had a run prior. T 2019 was a little weird. Uh, 2020 doesn't exist for any of us now, yeah. right? Uh, but I was able to develop digital content that a lot of my counterparts have yet to do. Yeah, and it's like now in 2021, you take all that stuff you learned yeah. <laughs> in, in 2020 and just like make it even better and you can... Now that we're starting to get back outside, you know, I, I got to do this times 10, times 50, whatever. Which is why I respect what you're doing from a podcasting perspective. Because Appreciate from it. a podcasting perspective, like, people don't realize how, how how much time and dedication it takes to, like, be able to do this, stay consistent, and mm -hmm. constantly put out content. But from a branding perspective, like, I, I branched off and did a lot of different things. And, you know, but I think that was, if, you, if I wouldn't have done that, I don't know where, what conversation we would be having right now because it created so much brand recognition towards the end of the year i started seeing some of my peers that were starting to like branch off and do shows at 25 percent capacity 50 percent capacity so i said you know what i want to go ahead and take a crack at it and i did i did my first show back in november of last year mm -hmm. and it went good and then after that i'm like i'm gonna do a series of free shows just as a case study to see if people are ready to go back out, yeah. And when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back, and I felt confident. You know, and then too, you know, like what people don't understand about doing shows. It, it, I say this often, like I don't wish that level of responsibility on anybody. When you do it at a high level, it, yeah, it's a, it comes with a lot of responsibility. Everybody wants to be part of what you're doing. Everybody wants to be your friend. Everybody wants to be on your shows. Mm. And then, it gets competitive. The people that don't know how to do it are going to start hating on you. The people that you don't book are mad at you for not booking them. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and you know. Biggie said the best. More money, more problems. <laughs> and you know what I always tell people? It's never. It's not more money, more problems. It's more people, more problems. The more yeah. people you have around, the more problems. But you know what? More yeah. money creates more people because more people want to be around the guy that has money. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true, though. Like, um because people become really opportunistic, and some people are are, are 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 can get really fucked up whenever they they don't have that. You know what I'm saying? But and that's where the relationship building is important. Like, 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 what can we do for each other? Like, no, I don't want to just reach out to you and ask. And like that, that's one thing I I've definitely learned is like, yo, even just reach out to me like, hey, how you doing? I'm just checking in. Yeah, I mean, like I don't want anything. I just want to just check in, see see how you doing. Like, how, how are you? How are you? Well, How's you know, your family? And all that they, stuff. they use the term a lot, like scratch my back, I scratch yours, right? But really, what that means is use me, I use you. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how to say it that way. Like, mm -hmm. it's fine if we have that type of relationship, but let's just be clear about it. Let's not be, let's not be fake about it. Like, this is what it is. Like, you want to be on my show? Cool. I want you to produce. Yeah. 
Can you produce? Yes. Let me get it my show. Mm-hmm. It's not simple, right? Yeah. But people complicate the process because people aren't good communicators or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, like I mentioned to you, uh, being away during last year, like, from doing live events, because if you want to be technical, I started the year with Maya. I booked Maya. Oh, wow. Yeah, in February. I love her. <laughs> Bucket list check. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I did Maya in February, so I started the year with the show, and I ended the year with the show. But that window from like March all the way through November, mm-hmm. it was a it was a, it was a break that I think we all needed yeah. to kind of get re-energized. To not, you know, the phone wasn't ringing as much other than the interviews, right? But. Mm-hmm. Nobody was like bothering me. I wasn't bothering anybody. So it was like it allowed me to kind of like strategize and at the same time go, okay, how am I going to remain active from a branding perspective? How am I going to be remain active? And you know what what are what are some of the other facets to what we want to do? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, speaking of like also you told you saying like, hey, uh, I'm doing stuff more than my, my peers. You know, recently a list came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, we Two were like, taxi, but yeah, uh, I know what uh, this you're talking about. Uh, you were like number 15 on it, I, I guess. Speak, speak on that, I guess. I, I saw you made like an Instagram post and everything about it, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, so for those that don't know, I'm actually like a really like, I mean, it could come off braggadocious, it could come out loud, come off loud sometimes, but like I promote because I like, I know what I'm doing. Social media, in my opinion, is Pinocchio and you are Geppetto. So you can control and dictate whatever narrative that you want people to view you as. Yeah. I knew I had a big announcement coming up. So this list happened to just come out right around the same time. Uh, Dallas Global, uh, Mogul Media put that list together. And from what they've told me, from what was stated, that wasn't actually the order. That that wasn't like an order. It was just like, here's our list. Oh, okay. But, but... You know, when you see the number you're at, it's like... (laughs) I actually, yeah. believe it or not, when I saw my face on there, I was actually really uh, flattered because, you know, uh, being Hispanic in the music industry, you know, you got to work twice as hard to get half the recognition in terms of hip-hop, you know, because hip-hop's not, like, well, we're not, I don't feel like we're as accepted and as embraced, and that's just the reality. Yeah. So to see me as the first Mexican face on there, I appreciated the head nod. And I took it upon myself to use it as a, a promotional tool. Mm-hmm. That's what a promoter's supposed to do. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, give me stick, I'll make fire, right? Right. <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was cool. It was cool to get that acknowledgement. Yeah. My ego tells me I had to belong in number seven, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, a top, I said, I'm a top seven guy, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like I deserve that, that top ten spot. Like, <laughs> Nah, I mean, respect to everybody on there, because everybody yeah. puts in their work, but I, I know what I do. Yeah. I know how hard I work, and... I know the calls that I'm getting and the people that are reaching out to me for whatever it is that they need. So, but I I really did appreciate that they put me on there. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, it kind of reminded me of 2015 when 2015 they put me on the cover of the Fort Worth Star Telegram and they're like the Godfather of Fort Worth hip hop. Oh wow! Yeah, and so they're like they call me the Godfather. I didn't ask for that title. Yeah, like bro, I'm 30. At the time, I was 30. Uh huh. I'm 30. The Godfather. The Godfather sounds like. The Godfather sounds like, like. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm like, don't you gotta be like 45? Like, he's, he's, he's like, he's like 45. <laughs> you know, like, they call me the Godfather. Even whenever I did the Hall of Fame thing, like I was like, I'm 34. Is it? Is this their way of trying to get me out? <laughs> and then now you have this, the gatekeeper. It's not anything that I ever asked for. It's just something I I just work. 
You know, yeah. like I just worked, and and it just comes with it. You know what I'm saying? Like people, people want to give you that acknowledgement. It's, it's cool. It's cool, but it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I know, like one of my homies, uh, he lives down in Houston. Shout out to Love from the Inaudible Records podcast. He always like he like bro. He like to me. You the pod father of Dallas. He was like, because it seemed like you always wrote some kind of podcast, nah. or you on somebody's podcast. He was like, are you bringing people from other podcasts onto your your? Ep-? I was like, I'm just doing because. Do, do, do you? Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you listen to podcasts? Like, what are you, some of the podcasts you listen to? Uh, that are like, not yours. Like, I'm uh, talking about national. Uh, like, yeah, my boy, uh, an audible ruckus uh, podcast down in Houston. Listen like you no know, Joe Budden podcast, uh, Charlemagne's brilliant idiots, but like more like the local ones. Uh, my guys Jay Will and Cass, you know, uh, don't take it personal. My girls hear you podcast. Uh, That's dope. Um, let's see who else is uh, local. Uh, Brianna, she got what's good podcast. I listen to hers because she does more like interview style and does like different business and entrepreneurs. Um, let's see. Um, Sports wise, I I do uh, be mo with uh, most sports. I, I get my my sports shakes and stuff from them. So that's uh. you're, you're 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 in the culture. You're in the podcast culture. You know what's funny is that um, I got a really good relationship with Joe Budden, and towards the end of last year, um, Corey Newton, which is part of his management team. Oh yeah, he's always shouting Corey out. Corey's yeah. my guy. Corey Corey's one of the few people that I consider a mentor in the music game. Nice, nice, Corey. I don't know. Well, we'll get back to that in a second. But Corey reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, like Joe's about to start the network. He knows about your show because you know I was doing the talk yeah, show. Yeah, they actually wanted me to go get a co-host, and they were wanting me to produce something for the network. Okay, <laughs> and I just didn't. I just didn't. I couldn't. I was. Yeah. I, I was trying to do a talk show with me and Paul Wall, and Paul Wall agreed okay. to be my co-host, and it just didn't work out. Oh man, that that'd have been, know, that'd have been super dope. <laughs> Would have been really interesting. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I brought Maul out here to do a master class. I went to that. That was mine. Uh, uh, oh, uh, wow! Did yeah. not know that. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I was like, I have to show you. Well, I got a picture. Of, yep. Because that um, that's why. I, that's why I was asking you because I figured if you went, that was my thing. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I'll, I'll show you the, the photo afterwards, like uh, me and him uh, together. Because when I saw, him, I was like, I was like, yo. I kind of see Maul talk. I was like, this, yeah. is, my, this is my joy. <laughs> like, yeah, and it was cool because, you know, like, we didn't really have, like, a planned out process behind that. But that was one of the initiatives that I started making because I feel like podcasting, even talking to Chris Jericho, too, like, I, I really sound like I'm bragging now, like, names dropping and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, when I was talking to Barack Obama the other day. I know. All casually. You know what that Jay-Z called... Uh, he but told no, me. He, he called and asked me like, "Hey, you heard that new verse yet?" <laughs> the the BBB. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, saying, uh, no, and uh, but Jericho was talking about this in, a, in an interview that I interviewed him. He was talking about how people still don't understand what podcasting is. He was talking. He was using an example of how he had been trying to interview his friend, which is Ozzy Osbourne. He's like, "Man, I've been friends with Ozzy Osbourne for years. Been trying to get this interview with Ozzy, and every time I tell him I want to interview him for my podcast." He blows me off, but he'll do an interview for a radio station in Washington with fifteen thousand live listeners, mm-hmm. and and is gone after the 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 interviews off the air. Right? As soon as he's off the air, the interview it deletes never. You know, it's gone. Where in, on, in podcasting, it stays it, there forever. Yeah, it stays there forever. But I felt like with with Joe and Ma, like Corey got Ma to do, it and I appreciated it. 
it, it meant a lot to have them guys come out here. And I got, uh, my, my YouTube channel is one of the few YouTube channels that has an interview from Parks of the Joe Butter see, Podcast. See, oh, see, I'm going to have to check that out. Like, cause oh. <laughs> Parks, personally, is like my favorite out of the the, the, the whole crew. Like, hey, <laughs> just, just to be very clear, he's my favorite as well, right? Yeah, so I got a Parks Hive t-shirt and everything. <laughs> no, Parks is like my guy. Like, he, he's one of the... Just a good dude. I spent spend some time with him, and he's actually given me two interviews. And I did an interview with DJ EFN at Drink Champs, and I'm like, okay. man, I'm one of the few people that has an interview with the Joe Button Podcast and Drink Champs. And so it's pretty cool, man. Like, oh yeah, I'm definitely have to check that Parks one out. Yeah, I don't take none of the shit for granted, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's you know, it's it's really cool to have those type of relationships. But yeah, I, that's why I was asking you what you listened to because I was like. I bet you went to the master class. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I definitely did because, and I loved how laid back it was because he was he was just like, what y'all want to ask me? What, yeah, what? <laughs> like he was like he's like it's like shit. Like I'm just chilling here, sitting on the stool, or whatever. True, hey, true story. That podcast class was what led for me to get into podcasting because I had been like wrestling with the idea, and then we went out to eat. We went to Papa Do's that night. And then I was like, man, I've been thinking about getting a pot, getting into podcast. It was me and Ma, and he was just like. Why don't you just do it? And he's like, you got, you know, people. Why don't you just do it? And if it wasn't for that conversation, I probably wouldn't jump in. Yeah, that's why I like. I love how, how honest he was. He was just straightforward. He like, <laughs> he like, I ain't for that bullshit. Like, you know, like, like, what, what do y'all want to ask me? <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't put it, in, and we could have put it in like classroom setting, mm-hmm. super nice. But we put it in the back of the studio at Music and Focus. Yep, and that's, that's like, you know, like, yeah, she was like. Yeah, that's it was why, real, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I, I loved about it because he was just like, yeah, whatever. Because uh, <laughs> I, I remember uh, somebody asked about what, what was like some struggles or issues y'all might have with the podcast, and he mentioned the title deal, and I was I was like, oh, that's something because they they had never talked about it on the podcast yet, and I was like, I went back to my home, so I was like, yo, I saw Maul at, at this <laughs> event, and he, he said they had like a title thing on the deal, and he was like, that was they had like an argument over it, and they're like, what, and then. I remember when they had said something on the podcast when I was like, see, I told y'all like months ago. <laughs> and did you hear the episode whenever they actually did it about the master class? That show? Yeah, it's like, I was like, they called him master class mom for about like 10 episodes straight. Like, like oh, where are you going this weekend, master class mom? Yo, I've been name dropped on the podcast several times. I actually got clips of my Instagram, so it's pretty dope. Bro. Oh, wow. I was like, I most likely have yeah, heard it and just never yeah, even noticed it's, it. It's always Parks that does it, though. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I'm, I'm at the uh, <laughs> check those out because I was like, I, I'm probably never know because I've, I've literally told people like I've listened to every episode from the beginning. <laughs> and the last one was really good, by the way. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? but um, also wanted to ask you about the the Fort Worth music scene because me like being in well, first off, I'm originally from Ohio. I've, oh, I've only what lived part? in Akron, Ohio. Oh, you know? oh he's no, from uh, where LeBron's yeah, from. Yeah, LeBron, yeah, go James. <laughs> uh, Backstage. <laughs> oh wow! Yep, right yeah, there. Backstage, that's the homies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So um, I forgot what I was about to say. Oh yeah, uh, you were saying the forward music scene. Oh uh, yeah, the, well yeah, because uh, so like I moved here to Texas ten years ago, being here in Dallas, and so I worked for I used to work for uh, K ninety six three KSCS and um ninety nine five the Wolf or whatever, yeah. and uh, as a promo team working in radio. So only thing I knew about was Fort Worth was you know country music and the stockyards and all that and so it was oh, like yeah. learning about like oh there's like a real like rap scene because I know the oh, first yeah. the first guy I ever heard from Fort Worth was Lou Charles because I oh, seen because I, I seen him at a, a at a J Rose uh, show yeah. so because uh, J Rose is like one of the homies I, I like 
kind of like met him when I first. I thought you were gonna say when when I heard Go Yayo, I'm like, I bet you were in for a culture shock, buddy. <laughs> You're like, oh damn, this is an odd country. Yeah. No, uh, Fort Worth has a rich rich history in terms of not just hip hop but music in general. I mean, you know, you have um, on the hip hop side, obviously, like Twisted Black. Six Two actually was one of the first real real successful artists. Like Six Two was. Uh, Protege DOC, which eventually went on to you know get signed to Dr. Dre, and Six Two was on the Chronic 2001 album. He was on Explosive. Oh wow! And he's from Fort Worth, so and he's never shied away from being from Fort Worth. And then from there, you have other talents. You know, um, obviously Goyeo had a lot of success on, the, but you know, every, it's like every scene has multiple facets. Yeah, you know, like the Hispanics, which I'm part of. Uh, you have like the the trap. You have you have like the college, which I would say like Lou, because Lou's not even originally from Fort Worth. Lou is actually it's weird enough to say this, but he grew up in Egypt. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not right. That's just random. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah, but he moved to Fort Worth when he, he when he college when he went to college over here, so he went to TCU. Okay. So he, you know, but he, you know, at this point, you know, he's been he's been here long enough to where yeah, he's he's one of for sure, you know. Yeah, because I was like, I always seem like put on for like Fort Worth, and then he got like the the little pollute. I don't know how to yeah, say little pollute or whatever. It, it. It. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually doing it. He's actually doing it in a few weeks, man. So it's gonna be good. But um, Fort Worth is. It's a, we like I've always said this, and I don't say this like in in a competitive way, right? But if you really pair up the numbers, some of the top tier artists from Fort Worth, whether it be Goyeo, at one point Solalucci. At one point, um, get money, little Ronnie. Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, you know, who's some of the other guys that were out there? I'm blank right now. Um, the kid that got locked up from <laughs> from, from from Fort Worth. I can't remember, but oh yeah, um, he was beefing with Yayo for a long. Spud Boom. Oh. Uh, you got Bugatti Casino. Uh, little CJ Casino, a lot of these guys, man, they put up numbers. And then oh. on the Hispanic side, you have a lot of guys that put up big numbers too. Whether it was you know, Mortal Soldiers, Young Blacks, they're just a handful of these guys that are putting up like really big, hundreds of thousands and millions of views. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to Dallas, you'll see some of the people that are considered top tier, with the exception of Yellow Beezy and Trap Boy and some of those guys. And you're like, yo, like, it's kind of out. Performing, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, it's like, it's like, what's going on? Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, people don't know it because I had an engineer tell me this pretty early on because uh, I used to record in Dallas. I recorded a lot of my music in Dallas. Uh, he said, "Man, forward to Dallas is what Jersey is to New York. You know, okay. We're the city across the bridge." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And Jersey has its own scene, right? Uh-huh. But it is, it is in New York. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Like, Fort Worth has its own scene, but it's not. It's not Dallas, you know? Yeah, so. yeah that reminds me, uh, actually, well, kind of going back to Joe Budden, one of the Patreon <laughs> episodes when they, uh, they were talking about picking any three artists to go up against any other city, and I think it was, like, Ish or some, somebody was like, yo, Jersey? He was like, I'm picking Naughty by Nature. He was like, yeah, it's, two, it's, it's multiple guys, but I'm picking, he's like, I'm picking Naughty by Nature. Red man, he's like in jail. He's like, he's like, I don't care. He's like, put him up against anybody in any city, any three. <laughs> he was like, they taking out, they taking, they taking him out. <laughs> so I was like, from what it sounds like, that's Fort Worth. Like, yeah, hey, Fort Worth has a lot of that. Fort Worth has a lot of that. But I think Fort Worth is a really interesting city too because 
you know, I don't feel like a lot of times we've done a good job of like really like trying to cross over. But like even mm-hmm. for me in 2007, 2008, when I was doing my events, I had a guy by the name of Boogeyman. Shout out to Darius. I'm sure if he ever hears this, he'll get a crack out of it. But, you know, he was one of the first older guys that really kind of tried to give me game. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, and I would never call him a mentor because like we didn't really spend enough time for him to be a mentor. But he said some real shit. Yeah. He said three things that stuck with me. And uh, one that he told me is like, man, you need to, you need to leave for more than just do it in Dallas. But I never understood what he was trying to say because I took it like he was being disrespectful. Yeah. And um, he saw the work I was doing in Fort Worth in regards to the live events and how many people I was bringing out. He's like, you need to do it in Dallas. So the first time, you know, and I didn't do it. I was like, why would I want to go to Dallas when I'm making all this money in Fort Worth? Like, yeah. It makes no sense. At the time, I'm young. I wasn't thinking expansion. Yeah. I was thinking, like, why am I going to go where, where I'm tolerated versus where I'm celebrated? Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. nobody knows me over there. Everybody knows me right over here. here. Yeah. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but in 2016, when I did my first event with Premier Live, I had a Scarface at Trees. Oh, yeah, Trees. And I sold it out. I had, um, I had like, 700 people there, and I made a lot of money. And I text Darius a few days later, and I said, now I know what you meant. Yeah. Because I know what he was trying to tell me. He just did it, and, and the first thing he said, like, I've been trying to tell you, motherfucker. That's what <laughs> I told you, like, seven years ago. Uh, but I was like, I, I get it now. Yeah, it was like a, a kid, like, listen to their parents, like, uh, like their parents telling them something, but it was like, kind of like years later, or even become a parent yourself, you're like, oh, I get what you were yeah, trying to say. Yeah, it just exactly. didn't click <laughs> then. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, even being from, Forward now, like as much as I'm, I'm, I'm a homer, and I'm proud to be from the city. Like, like I don't, like other than maybe get a street named after me or get the key to the city or I perform at an arena. There's really nothing else else for me to do there. Like, you know, like it's just adding on to what I've already done. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like you, I've, I've done pretty much everything. Yeah, like it's not gonna sway anybody else's opinion if I go out there and I do it a sold out event in Fort Worth because that's expected from me because I've done it for like at this point now no exaggeration for 14 years you know I've been to that event since 2007 it's a long time you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. at you know at some point or another and I've had artists tell me like hey you know like you really should get out of Fort Worth it's kind of weird you know people don't understand but it's like that's home yeah Hard, hard is where the homes at, or homes are where the heart is at, whatever they say, you know. So. I, hey, that's it for a lot of people. Like, I tell people, like, yeah, I, I love Akron. I was like, I probably won't really go back, go back. Well, like, I go back because of my family and all that, but I was like, you know, that's always going to be my home. I'm always going to rep it, you know, the 3-3-L, you know, like my, I said, like my man LeBron James and all that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, because I'm following you on social media and everything, uh, you know, and just, the importance of what is like a, the importance of you know representing your your Latino culture and then I know you, you have like the show you got coming up uh, Central Popular. Oh, uh, hey, you got yeah, it right. So, I like yeah. the way you pronounce it. It sounds cool the way you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's extremely important. You know, I, I I say this confidently, and also I say it like in a way that I don't know if a lot of people understand, but it was important for me to make my name out of doing the typical like. I'm a Latin promoter. Let me go do Latin stuff. It's not because I was ever ashamed of my my heritage or my background. Because to be honest with you, I grew up. I didn't. English is my second language. You know what I mean? Like I grew up a Spanish in a Spanish speaking household. My mom, prior to her passing away, obviously, 
she spoke both languages pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if she spoke to somebody in English, she would never know she knew Spanish. <laughs> if she spoke Spanish, she would never know she knew English. Um, and I remember just kind of growing up in that environment. And to me, uh, when I became an artist, I saw like a, the, there's like there's different circuits. But there was this car show circuit mm-hmm. where, like, all the Latin rappers would go to this car show circuit and they would do these big shows with, like, a bunch of Latin artists. And I realized pretty early on that's not what I wanted to do. Not because I looked down on it, but because I felt like, well, now I think about it, it probably stems from the first time I tried to get booked as an artist. I tried to get on a car show and I was denied. Okay. So I, I kind of was like, man, fuck those yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 y'all shaded me. <laughs> like, But I was like young. I'm talking about like, I was like, maybe like 17 maybe at the time. So I was like, I can, just knowing who I am at that time, I was probably like, fuck them. I'm going to do something bigger than that. Yeah, it's like, like, like I know I'm popping. Like, <laughs> No, but I wasn't popping. Yeah. I was just like, I just knew that I didn't want to do what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. And I remember going to a, a, a bar that night, and I saw some of the local rappers, and I saw how they were acting towards people. And I was like, man, I don't want to be around this as much. But it wasn't nothing against it. It was just what I was around. So mm. I just made my mind up pretty early on. Like, if I'm going to contribute to my people, mm-hmm. I want to do it in a way that nobody else has done it or can do it. And so it was important for me to build outside of it to be able to offer more when I come back and give give to it. Like, I want to be able to give more to it. And I feel like in order for me to do that is what I did. I went out, went out and I made my name. You know, doing big shows with big artists that had nothing to do with that culture. Not to take it away, because I'm I'm still a Mexican American guy. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, this is who I am. One hundred percent. Don't ever get disrespectful about the Mexican culture around me, because I'll check you straight up. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. And I didn't see anybody that looked like me in any of these buildings, whether it was at a music venue, whether it was at an agency, whether it was in an email chain. I was the only one of my kind. Mm-hmm. So I learned the game. By being part of the game. What did J. Cole say? You know, you play the game to change the game. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to learn this shit. And I'm going to get good at this shit. And when I come back, I'm going to be able to offer more to this. So now I'm turning around. And I feel the timing towards the end of last year. I started meeting a lot of people. Well, not meeting a lot of people. Kind of just reconnecting with a lot of the Latin artists that have been around for years. <clears throat> and I started noticing how much of a peer I am to them now. Before I wasn't a peer. Before I was the guy trying to reach out to them to work, yeah. with, you know, hey, I'm right here, hey, I'm right here, right, I'm yeah. right here. Now I'm a peer, so I'm like, okay, well, this is the perfect time to be able to come out, come out and do something for the culture, and and be able to use my relationships, my resources to to be able to do something more meaningful. And I think the festival, which we're doing on July 31st, is going to play a big part of that. And I named the event after my mom's record shop that I grew up in because you know mm-hmm. Spanish again. You know I, 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 I knew about. You're not gonna know these words. I knew about Los Bukis before I knew who the fuck Tupac was. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you know, like I knew about Pegaso before I knew about Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that. That was my background is, is is Spanish music. So at some point or another, I want to give back. You know what I'm saying? And this is my way of giving back. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done charity events. You know, I do year-round. I speak at career days at elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools. And it's all to minority schools. You know, it's all to Hispanic kids from my city. I've done a toy drive for the past, whatever, 2000, maybe like 10 or 11 toy drives. And all the toys usually go to inner-city kids from my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, I've never shied away from who I was. 
but I I think in order for me to give more to what I'm trying to be part of, like the bigger picture, like I have to, I had to go through that, mm-hmm. and I'm still going through it. So yeah, it's, that that's important for me. Yeah, I think that's super. Uh, can you speak with like some of the artists that you you got uh, already like booked and confirmed for the for the show? So we have an artist by the name of King Little G. He's from L. A. He's a really big uh, rapper in that in in the culture. Okay, cool. Like cool. you know, um, I can't really give you like a comparison, but he you know look him up. He's a really active yeah, recording artist. We have Baby Bash. He was, you yeah, know, he's a legend. Yeah, the, Baby Bash is definitely a legend. Frankie J. You know, they, they, they really you could just have them do Sugar Sugar ten times. The crowd's gonna be happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're dope. They're dope. Twist is the only non-Hispanic artist that's on the bill, but that's because uh, I had he owed me a date. Uh-huh. But believe it or not, like within our culture, I can speak confidently and say that Twist, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and Three Six Mafia are three of the artists that we just. We they're like kind of like initiated. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we fuck with them. I don't know what it is. It's just that and I think Bone Thugs will probably even admit that a lot of their fans are Hispanic. You know what okay, I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah true that. Forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that, you know. Uh but yeah, I mean uh, and then we have several other artists on there. There's a lot of it's gonna be a good lineup. Oh yeah. People, sure. people hear me up every day like like yo, can we get on? Hey, can we do this? And like I just got a text right now as I'm talking to you, like, hey, what do I gotta do to sponsor? Oh, see, that's dope. That's dope. That's <laughs> yeah. dope. Um, also, kind of speaking oh, of Chavo Guerrero Jr. is going to be hosting the Dino Wrestling. I've heard the name before. Oh, yeah. You never heard of Eddie Guerrero? He has. His oh, okay, name. Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but also speaking because, like you said, the is named after your mom. So I guess also with the you know Latina culture, what's the importance of like legacy for you? It's like, everything. Yeah, it's everything. I've I've always told everybody in every interview I'm chasing a lifetime achievement award. And whenever I got inducted to the Hall of Fame, they brought that up. They're like, you said you were chasing a Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm like, this is one stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's a very important for me to be able to leave a legacy behind because one day when I'm not here anymore, like, I don't necessarily want people to, like, be sad because, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, the, the normal thing to do is like, man, I'm grieving. I just want to be able to make people elevate their game and be like, yo, he changed the game. And the game is a little bit better because he, he came along. And I just had that conversation on the way over here. I was talking to an artist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, man, I want to put the show together. I want to put the show together. Man, I need your advice. I need your input. And she's like, I'm, I want to put your name on the, on the flyer. I said, no, make it your shit because one day I'm not going to be here. Yep. You need to learn how to do this. You that's, need to know how to do this. That's the, that's dope that you're instilling that into the artist now. Like, like no, like, because... <laughs> you might not have you might not have me in the future to, to exactly. help you. So like exactly one hundred percent. You got to pay it forward, bro. I mean, yeah. what good is having it if you're not going to give it back? Yep, yep, yep. And then also, like you said, during the pandemic, I know you like moved into management to kind of you know switch uh, over. Oh, the segue. Uh, yeah, I've seen the podcast segue. Right there. Podcast segue. I see you, okay, um, I see you working. <laughs> yep. uh, we trying. We trying. Um, you you just signed your your first artist XB Valentine. So mm-hmm. if you could you know introduce yourself and well, I guess y'all can talk about like how I'm, the I'm let her talk how, how talk the, for an hour. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess how how do you, you meet uh, Smooth and then all that? I mean, I've really been knowing about him for a while. I just always like he always had that reputation like for me as someone who had been making things happen in the Dallas scene for sure. So I just like you know I try to kind of get on his radar but like I also wasn't like how do you say it? like wasn't like really like looking for anything out of it at first um and then he kind of hit me up out of the blue one time 
asking uh, for me to do this thing for him called The Insight, which is like you go and uh, you do like your own version of a cover of a song. Okay. So that was like my first time really meeting him in person um, and like kind of, you know, really like hearing him out and seeing, you know, I didn't really know where that was going. It was just more so like us just linking up and, you know, just getting to know each other. And uh, just from there, like, we stayed in touch, and, you know, I was coming back and forth um, every now and then, and we were just, like, he was helping me out with different things. Um, we are just, you know, trying to see, like, what, 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 where, where we could take, you know. And, um, and yeah, that was really how it happened. Like, it was kind of just, like, it kind of just happened on its own. You know? Yeah, I, like organically. Yeah, <laughs> nothing was, like, really forced, and I think that's what, like, you know, it felt very natural, and it felt like it was supposed to happen the way it did, for sure. I know. And then I saw you just recently moved. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Georgetown, which is, like, a small town out of, like, maybe 30 minutes away from Austin. Okay. So I was out there, and then I moved to I moved to Austin uh, last year, and now I am just moved to Dallas, uh, like, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I saw you just moved. So I, I guess, uh, oh, how she, you? She big-dogging, too. She got a nice loft. Nice loft. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Big dog status. Uh, so, uh, I guess, how are you liking it? I guess just so far uh, oh, it's being dope. here. It's really cool. It, I, it still feels kind of unreal. I think, like, um, like, me and my girl have been like kind of like, oh, like it's. It almost feels like we're in an Airbnb. We're gonna have to check out soon. Like it, it's a trip, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. Like it definitely feels surreal. It's like a dream come true for me because I've always wanted to live in the loft. So. <laughs> hey, well, congratulations on that because I, I saw you had also put um, you you were working like a, as a waitress and everything while trying to do yeah. your, your, your music thing and all that. And so. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely a different transition. I've been doing that for six years, and uh, man, it, and it was it was tough. Like it was definitely not like your average waitressing job. Like I worked with family, so it was um, it was like almost like a mission of mine I always like since like three years ago I actually got it popped up in my memory I posted um the register I used to always post and I was like man uh -huh. one day I'm not gonna have to come here anymore <laughs> <laughs> and it came popped up in my memories like damn that's crazy like it happened this year like I, I finally like I used to go yeah and... like I don't have to put on that apron no more it's like a good ass <laughs> feeling because I dreaded it for a minute and it's just like but in my mind it was always like I got to do this in order for me to really, like, be able to do what I want to do. It was, like, more, like, to fund, you know, my dream more so. So that, like, helped me keep going. Like, when the days were hard, I was, like, you know, I got to push through. Like, it's the only way I'm going to be able to, like, pay for studio time or, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it definitely helped. Uh, to go back just a little bit, uh, what was your, your start in music? Or, or how did you, like, fall in love with, with music and want to say, hey, I want to do this professionally? It's crazy. It, it like... It really all started because I never really, like, like man, I don't even know. So I think it really was, I always just liked, uh, I had a CD player, and I was always listening to music. And my sisters always, like, burned CDs. Mm -hmm. So I always had, like, their mixtapes that they would make with all these R&B songs. And I just remember, like, always listening to that. And I would, got to a point where I was, like, listening to the same things, like, over and over again. And I just, like, caught myself, like, that's all I was like. I was doing like as a kid, and then it got to a point where um, I watched the Eight Mile, <laughs> and uh, my cousin at the time like he was kind of like dabbling into rapping, but like playfully like he had told me, yeah, I started writing raps. Where I must have been like maybe eight or nine years oh, old, wow. maybe a little bit older. But uh, we had just got a karaoke machine too, so it was like around that time like 
like freestyling, like yeah. battle rapping was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so my cousin was like, we should just try it. So we started, and that was like my very first time ever freestyling. I was like real young. And from there, like, I just, I like little by little started like getting it like curious about how to create some type of form of music. So I mm -hmm. Googled how to make beats. Okay. And... <laughs> For some reason, like, when I did that, like, F a bunch of FL Studio things popped up. I had never heard of FL Studio. I didn't even know what it was, what it did, like, nothing. <laughs> Good old Fruity yeah, Loops. <laughs> so, I, and I saw that the person who put the made the YouTube video had, like, a download link for, like, the free tutorial of the program. Mm -hmm. So, I downloaded it, and I just started, like, oh, my God, like, this is cool. Like, I can make a beat. Like, I just started playing with it, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I Googled how to make a beat in FL Studio. And the first one was a dude making a reggaeton beat. <laughs> and okay. it was a super, like, simple beat. And I started, I just made that. And I, this was on around when I was, like, 14 or 13. And I was just doing that for a minute. So I never even thought about, like, becoming a rapper. But then I started, like, since I was, like, dabbling with into beats, I s accidentally uh, got into this uh, place called SoundClick. It's, okay. like, a place where you can, like... I listened to beats like p other people made okay. and I started like playing and I was like whoa like I can't make this but like I, I like I felt myself like wanting to like oh like, spit over, over yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and I like was started like playing around but I never really took it serious and I just kept doing it little by little to the point where I kind of started like freestyling but I wasn't doing it a lot like consistently but um and I just kept, you know, I kept just, like, doing little things with it. Um, I started hanging out with kids at my school who recorded their own music. Okay. And, I, and I started helping them with that. So that's how I started kind of, like, dabbling in more into, like, learning the equipment part of it. And uh, when I was, like, 14 or 15, this was the first time I actually ever got drunk. <laughs> and uh, I actually, that was the first time I ever freestyled, um over an entire beat. It was like a three minute long beat that my cousin put on. He was like, yo, he's okay. like, you know what? That, that juice like, had you like inspired. <laughs> yeah, because I had been too I had been telling them how I'd been like fucking around, like freestyling yeah. him. He was like, All right, like I'm gonna put on a beat and you're gonna go off. I was like, Okay, so he uh he puts it on and I man, I I mean it, we were maybe like two or three shots in, but it was like I never had yeah. felt comfortable enough to yeah. do anything like that in front of anybody. And I ended up going off the whole way. And he recorded this <laughs> on his, like, old little flip phone. And, man, I, I, like, went off, and he was like, yo. He was just like, what the fuck? He was, like, tripping out. I just remember him being so hyped. He was like, damn. He was like, you killed that. He was like, I don't need. He's like, you need to stop, like, playing around. He's like, you need to get in the studio. And after oh, that wow. day, maybe, like, a week or two later, I, I ended up, like, going to the studio. Oh, wow. And... After that, I kept going uh, since I was 15. I was working with this dude named Chris since till till I was like 20. And after that, I started like learning how to do my own music, and it's just been been going hard yeah. since then. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 super dope, super dope. Uh, well, I guess what was some of, I guess around that time, like growing up, or even now, like what are some of your I guess favorite artists or inspirations that like that they're like okay. Damn, they spitting like I need to step my game over. Like, okay, like I want to take a little piece from there. Like, okay, yeah. Um, man, I was like, I was my music taste was very diverse. I was very back and forth because I like, I was like in love with like R and B, like 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 one twelve and like Jane. Hey, Wine yeah. And, like, 
that was like when my sisters put me on like Jagged Edge. I was like heavy on Jagged that. Edge is my and, favorite group. <laughs> and that was just like what I was listening to. But I was going between that back to like Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I was listening to like Big L. Um, I was I loved MF Doom, Jay Dilla. Like I was like okay, real, like, real hip hop. Yeah. So I was like back and forth in between them two, and then also I like discovered like underground R and B. I like finally like started coming with like. Uh, discovering this dude named Johnny Rain. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's no. kind of like, he was like blowing up, but kind of hasn't put music out in like the past two years or so. Um, but he was like, he came around after the time of uh, The Weeknd did. So okay. he was kind of like doing very like dark R&B vibes. And he was like the first person I heard that like made me really challenge myself like with my music because I was doing like boom bap at the time like I was really into like wanting to be very lyrical and so I like but hearing his music like inspired me to dive into a whole different like almost like vibe because there was something about the way his music made me feel that I wanted to make other people feel that same way. Mm. So that's when I was like, fuck it, I'm going to sing. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I started, um, I started like kind of, you know, experimenting with singing. Um, I started like practicing over like R&B beats. But at first, like I really didn't, I didn't master that sound until a while. I, I definitely like, after trial and error and, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of bad songs, I finally <laughs> got to a point where I was like, okay, like, I finally got to the sound where I felt like, you know, I finally love it enough to put it out and share it with people. And Johnny Rain was definitely the person who That's dope. Like, inspired mm. that for me. You know where that? Maybe I can collab one day or something. Shit, you know yeah, what I'm <laughs> that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's uh, funny that I, I, I like especially like having friends that are artists. Do you have any songs that people like? Uh, like, oh, I, I love that one song you did, like, couple years ago or a few years ago and you looking back and you're like yo that's actually kind of trash no, <laughs> you have any songs like lot. that yeah <laughs> that you so like <laughs> i appreciate you liking that song but like now in 2021 i'm thinking like that was kind of trash no yeah there's actually like i had on my soundcloud i actually have like a lot of my older music on there and i have this uh album i put out called lunacy and it's like more like boom bap mm -hmm. but i actually it's private now so you can't hear it but when i did that i had like five or six people message me like yo like why did you take off like your album i was like man i dropped that when i was like 16 like <laughs> my voice doesn't even sound the same like i sound like a little kid like but it's crazy like some people really like to me like hearing it now i'm like damn i wasn't i don't know what i was thinking i don't know why i put that up. it was crazy to think that people like liked it enough to they're they're like upset that i took it off and they couldn't hear it no See, more and i'm the i'm the same way because especially like a lot of the guys that i met in college that i knew that rapping and stuff so i i randomly sometimes every now and like if i have like the song on my computer or if i find like the cd i'll post it and they're like dude <laughs> why are you posting i'm like yo i love that back in college like or like i remember you performed it at the party like they're like man that shit is like <laughs> i'm like well i still love it i don't care if it was 10 yeah, 15 years ago true. like this is like still like my joint <laughs> yeah i mean if it's a good song it's a good song <laughs> yeah it's like i was like I, I don't care that you you may not like but i was like i still <laughs> love this song <laughs> but um Oh, I, I should also want to ask you, how'd you come with your name, XB Valentine? <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a very interesting name. How, it's funny because I feel like everyone thinks there's like some crazy backstory to it, but it's 
there really isn't it's just um so my real name is bianca mm -hmm. and um i played softball um growing up so I, all my teammates used to just call me b mm -hmm. and it just stuck so everyone just kept calling me b um for the longest time so i'm like I was like uh, making my SoundCloud account for the very first time. I was like, man, what's gonna be my artist name? So I just put, I just typed in B. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, Queen B? Like, nah, that's pretty lame. I was like, Lil B. And I was just thinking of all these different things. I was like, well, my birthday's on Valentine's Day. So I was like, I'm gonna just put Valentine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I just put it together yeah. and I was like, oh, I'll just leave it like that. And um, I finally, like, was going to change um, my social media to that, and it was taken. Someone mm. who happened to have that as a last name had it as their handle, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just put an X in front of it because <laughs> it wasn't taken, so it was XB Valentine, and it stuck. People kept calling me XB hey. Valentine, and then now, like, it just, like, now people just call me XB, so it's just, like, it's crazy how that happened, but it was, that's really just it. It's just, like, my first initial to my name and then my birthday, and then the X was, like, accidental. But it worked. <laughs> okay, well, well, having your birthday on Valentine's—that's that's, that's super dope and super interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, I it was it was convenient whenever like I was young because I never had to. I never had that pressure like, oh, I need a Valentine. I was like, hell no, it's my birthday today. Like, I got the attention regardless. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> it was cool. either way. Since since your birthday is on Valentine, would you say you're a lover or a fighter? Uh, I don't know. I think. I used to be a fighter for sure. I don't think I, I just became a softie, <laughs> like, to be honest. Uh, I definitely, like, was one of those people who had my guard up for a really long time. But, you know, but I, I, I'm a lover now. I think so. Would, it be, is it, would you say it's because you, you found love? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, shout out to Bay. <laughs> Yeah, making me fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell her that I'm like, man, we be listening to some of the songs, and like, that song makes me feel fuzzy. That song makes me feel fuzzy. Like, um, I was actually listening to um Drum's new album earlier, and uh, I was telling one of my homies, I was like, bro, I was like, cause I was like, bro, these like two songs, like one of them was I forgot what the name of it was. Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick, but uh, uh, I was like, I was like, yo. These two joints like made me think about my girl. I like I like posted them on on, on uh, Twitter and I was like I tagged her and I was like, "Yo, oh something about us and beautiful." I was like, "Something about us and beautiful made me think about my baby." I was like, no, <laughs> let me tell you, something. it is interesting from an artist's perspective. Whenever you hear certain music, you can tell when that inspiration is there. Mm -hmm. And truth, truth, truthfully, because you know, and I, and I was letting you just kind of get it off, but like whenever I, you were talking about the transition into management. And like hearing her talk about it, like make no mistake, I have fucking DMs on, on Twitter that I could show you from 2008, 2009 of people asking me to work with them as a manager. And I've been told by a lot, a lot of artists to get into management. During the pandemic, I got into like social media management. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I do a lot of work for Royce the Five Nine, a lot of work for Cap G. I started doing a lot of stuff like that and I was like, this is interesting, right? But throughout the years of me, like, kind of dabbling with this, like, wrestling with, should I get into management? Should I not get into management? Mm -hmm. I remember there was an artist. She was a female artist. Man. She was a, a really dope battle rapper. Mm -hmm. And she was at an event that we were at. And it was me and King Crooked, Crooked Eye. Oh, yeah. Right? And we went 
we were we were about to I was about to drive to South by Southwest, right? And so we stopped at the mall and I was explaining to him how people have asked me to manage them. And then uh, I'll never forget this, man, because there's certain defining moments you'll never forget. Uh, we were walking by the hat store, and he said, why don't you manage that artist right there? I said, ah, oh, man, you know, it's because, you know, her boyfriend, this, that, and that. I made it, like, I gave him a reason. Mm -hmm. And then he said, why don't you manage that artist? I said, ah, da, da, da. And then finally he said, hey, man, and Crook told me this. Do you notice that every time I I say you should manage them, but you always find a reason not to manage them? Yeah. And and he's like, and I was like, what? Well, yeah, bro, because they're missing something. And he stops. He was like, yeah, and it's probably you. you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, you're probably the missing something. And then when he told me that, that changed my outlook. But in regards to to her, you know, like a few things kind of factored in to working with her for me. So I first met her, like I met, I met her at a show that I put together in 2019 that she got booked on, which was with Kirk Bangs, And she showed up and, you know, she's lost a lot of weight now. She was a little bit more heavier then. And I remember seeing her. She was nice. She was really polite, very generous. She had an infectious personality. Okay. You know, okay, I remembered her. But I wasn't really, like, looking for talent. And mm. at the time, I saw her performance. I thought she was nice, but that was pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. She had someone that was representing her at the time, and, you know, he was nice, and I, I knew he had, you know, he had good intentions to try to push her forward. Uh, then they were in the middle of a promotion, and they ended up hiring me last minute, and I salvaged one of the dates, and I put him in Fort Worth, and then that's when I saw her again. Uh-huh. I saw her in Fort Worth at a show that she was doing with with Reverie and Gavin and all those guys or whatever. And again, good personality, always smiling, shook, shakes hands. And, you know, there's a there's something to be said about good attitude. And I mean, she has a good attitude. Again, didn't pay much mind to it. Then I started seeing her on socials because we followed each other and I would see her put out music because I would like it. Mm. We were kind of tracking it, but I wasn't really listening. Yeah. But it was probably going into this year, whenever we were working on, like, the Insight series, I was like, hey, you know, let's re I'm going to reach out to her. Started, like, watching her work, and I brought her out. She came out. She was in a room full of, like, musicians, musicians. And I could tell she was nervous and intimidated by some of those musicians because there's some really good musicians yeah. in there. <laughs> and they're all performing in front of each other, and none of them have performed during that whole time because it was during the pandemic. Yeah. And... uh I just said, hey, you know, we'll keep in contact. So we stayed in contact. And um, just I started monitoring her story a little bit more. I'm booking for the show. And I would notice that she would talk a lot about her, her cousin, which is who she was talking about, I'm sure, right? About mm -hmm. who, t who got her started rapping. He passed yeah. away. Oh, wow. I'm she sorry. He passed away sorry like a year ago. So I would see her talk about him a lot. And I started noticing, like, I started becoming a little bit invested in her story. Because I'm looking at her from the perspective of, like, she's a self-sufficient artist, mm -hmm. and she's a female. And a lot of artists are lazy. Mm -hmm. Like, flat-out fucking lazy. Yeah. And she doesn't strike me as that. And this is someone that's been working towards her goals for years and really just hasn't had the opportunity or somebody to step in and go, all right, you know, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to... Take you to the next level. Gonna, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that, but yeah. that's the truth, right? Like, I'm going to take you further. Because anybody could say it, very few people can actually do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, 
I, I, I was starting to look for talent because over the years people have asked me. So um, I'm watching your stories and I, the, you talk about earlier in the conversation how important it is for legacy. So I'm looking at it like usually whenever people deal with death and deal, deal with someone passing, especially someone that's impactful in your life. Yeah. Especially I, the one that wanted you to do this as a career and all that. Yeah. Some people don't recover from that. Yeah. So to see her kind of push along, I, I one or two things were going to happen. Either she was going to push harder or she was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I I didn't give much time for the other one to happen. I was like, I'm going to make sure this goes through because if all else, this is going to be part of that legacy. Mm-hmm. And I have no connection to the guy. I've never met the guy. I don't Maybe I have. I don't know if I did. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't know him, but I saw how important it was to her. So I was like, we're going to we're gonna keep that and we're going to preserve that. And that ultimately led for me to start becoming invested. So I booked her on a show in November. And I um, I started kind of telling some of the guys that I was, I'm, I'm looking to potentially work with her. And it was funny, like, everybody I would mention her name to, they all liked her. They all, oh, man, she's dope. They, we, and so I'm, now I'm feeling like I'm missing something because okay. I wasn't really listening to the music. And then I had saw a clip to one of her songs, and I liked what she was doing, which to me was a progression from what I had originally heard, which I think came from the the inspiration of love, mm-hmm. right? So now she's making music from a different place. Like this is this music is coming together. So I was like, all right, you know, I think I don't remember when our first meeting was. We may have had a meeting, the one in downtown. Oh no, we did a podcast interview. Yeah, I don't know if that was in September. It may have been September, October. I don't remember. But I remember I jumped in the interview because the co- one of the co-hosts didn't show up mm-hmm. because it was a show I was producing. And if you remember, uh, the, the girl was like, it sounds like you're interviewing her the manager. And <laughs> I, I, but I, but I, was li- I was listening with that intention. And then we met like a week later. And we, we that was, I want to say that was like in November. Cause it was definitely the end of last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was planning it out. And then I was just kind of waiting to see how she was going to move. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just gonna do. It felt, to me, it felt right because, like, I I just seen I seen how hard she worked. But the 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 final deciding factor for me to be like, I'm gonna do this, was my daughter. We were in the Waterburger parking lot. We were in the drive-through. Matter of fact, I picked up my kids after school. My oldest daughter, she's at that age now. She's 11 now. Uh-huh. She's not nice. You know what I'm saying? She's, she, she could be a little pain in the ass. I love her to death. But she 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 does not give two fucks about She's going to speak her mind. Yeah, she doesn't like me. She doesn't care about rap music. She doesn't care about any music that I do. And I, and I, and I try to get her invested in prior talent that I've worked with. Yeah. Or that I've attempted to work with. She doesn't care, you know? Like, she loves what she likes, and that's it. Yeah. So that day, I was like, hey, let me play you some music. So I played her, her music in the drive-thru, which at this time, I'm invested into one record in specific. Mm-hmm. So I played it for her, and I go, what do you think? She's like, I like it. That surprised me. When she said she liked it, that's You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was, like, already, that was already, like, a big, what? Like, you like it? She's like, yeah, like, I like it. It was a sign, like, okay. And then I asked her, I said, you know, I'm thinking about helping her out and managing her. What do you think? She doesn't say nothing. Which at that point I'm expecting her not to say anything. So we're at the Waterburger has this window, that window. Yeah. We're at the first window, and when we get to the second window, uh, I was listening to the music. She puts the volume. And I said, "You know what, Dad?" She goes, "I think you should. I think you should help her. I think you should manage her." And I said, "Why do you say that?" 
because I thought at that point I'm completely shocked that she's saying this, right? <laughs> and and she said, because you uh, no, she goes, you should help her or you should manage her because uh, you you can be what helps her get further, which is a lot of what Crook said. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so I think you should, and and I know you can. So as soon as she said that, I was like completely like. That's it. I'm doing it. And and credit to her because she's never said anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that was my sign to go. I'm going to do this. And then probably that weekend or the next weekend, I was like, send me a song, which was a No Saint song. I'm like, I'm about to get capped, drop a verse. And then I'm like, get ready because, like they say in pro wrestling, we're going to strap that, that rocket on your back and you're just going to go. But the intent was never for it to go the way that it's going. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we're going to get it going I didn't anticipate it to go where it's going at the moment, yeah. which we'll revisit in a second, but just to give you history. Oh, yeah, I, I like that, especially because I, I was going to ask you, uh, like, what did you see in her to do it? So, like, yeah, the final. No, yeah. no I, I absolutely wanted to answer that because I didn't want to forget because yeah. it, it, it's a lot of, and as I've gotten a chance to know her, because, you know, like, there is still that filling out process where I want to be this. I don't, you know, there's a business approach and then there's also a personal approach. There's a music approach, but from the as I'm getting to know her, I'm like, man, I wonder if I annoy her by how much I call her, <laughs> because I call a lot, but I don't do it with the intent to bother. I'm just passionate and proactive, and you know, I've always said this, like I I don't know anybody that can outwork me, and I mean that respectfully, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm working, you're either gonna you're either mm-hmm. gonna step up or step aside, or you're gonna keep up or you're gonna get left behind. Yeah. And so it's 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 work, you know what I'm saying? Like we we've, we've been we've been at it. That's dope. That's dope. Well, uh, to kind of uh, kind of go back because, like you said, you you know you lost your cousin again. You know condolences and all that. Um, what what was I guess what motivated you to to keep going? Was it like yo, my cousin believed in me, or like what? what like, yeah, I mean, what made you to be real? Like he's the reason why I'm even like an artist. Like like he was to me like a brother. Um, he was just somebody who I believe. Sorry. It's oh, I, I understand. <laughs> definitely. But, yeah, he definitely believed in me um, more than anybody ever did. Um, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, I understand. I was like, you know, we, we, can, we can go on to another question. No, nah, you're good. Like, <laughs> sorry. It's just. It's, um, it's, it's definitely. um. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's all right. You want me to get some tissue or anything? <laughs> nah, it's okay. good. I just, it's not something I've I've really like talked about as much. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's he was um, you know, he was somebody who believed in me, uh, encouraged me. Yeah, he was my DJ. Uh, we did a lot of shows together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was just. The reason as to why I am here today and why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I want to continue to do it—that's dope. It's that's just all for him. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, I guess also, can I guess kind of like around that time or after that? Uh, what was your thoughts when like when Smooth like reaches out to you and is like, "Yo, I want to do more." What, 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 what was your? It was it was like crazy the timing too because I I was like hitting a point where I was kind of like ah oh, like. A lot of this stuff isn't working out because the situation I was in prior wasn't moving the way I had wanted it to, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and he was just someone who like even when it wasn't moving quick he would say like don't worry about it like like when it's supposed to it's gonna happen the way it's supposed to Mm -hmm. and it like happened maybe i'm gonna say like five months after he passed so it was just like the timing was like it was crazy because i felt like he has a lot to do with like the timing of everything and but it, it i i'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason and like meeting smooth even like Smooth like had a lot of similarities to him too. Oh, like, yeah, so, <laughs> so it was just like it's just crazy. Like I really felt like everything is just aligning and at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. So I I just I was I was very open to everything and I was very like okay with like letting everything happen the way, you know, it was it was just flowing and I felt like no need to stop that or like put a halt to it. So I was just like, I'm gonna let it happen and you know you know what's weird too is like because I don't believe in coincidences. I and and and, and I'm real big on that. Like I had, a, I want to say I was like, you know, when I mentioned the connection to seeing her talk about the passion that she spoke about the loss, I mm-hmm. was like, I would read it and I was like, like I would see how much it meant her. But I also reminded it reminded me of whenever my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So when my mom passed, it was like real, real hard, and, and people grieve differently. Right, but I don't know that I ever truly grieved, so it was hard to kind of get out of that space, and nobody got me out of that space. So I always go like, I kind of wish somebody would have, Mm -hmm. because whether it's a coincidence or not, when my mom passed in two thousand and nine, I stopped doing events, and I got, and then my daughter was born, and then my son was born shortly, right, like almost like instantly, they back to back. Mm -hmm. So I got a day job, and I got away from my passion for five years, even though I did it in spurts. Got away from what I love to do, and it happened after my mom passed, and I felt like that because nobody was like, "Yo, you ain't gonna stop, you can't stop." Like, yeah. so I I saw that and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that." But there was a few like signs, and and whether it was you know divine intervention or somebody you know whether it be her cousin or whatever, it's just something just told me like. This is where you, you should help. This is who you should help out. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, what people don't realize is that. You know, I'm not afraid to say, like, I get used a lot. I get used by people mm-hmm. because people see me as an opportunity. People see me as a come up. She's never asked me for anything ever. And so that spoke volumes about her character as well because it's like you have the opportunity to ask. You could ask just like anybody else. And but you're you not. Haven't yet. So for that reason, we're going to bless your game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I think at the same time, when. Um, when we we talk about what's happening currently, I actually didn't really know where she stood with why she made the decision to be like, "Yo, take the reins." Because I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure, like from a credibility standpoint, I was never concerned about that. But I didn't approach it that way. Even the way I approached it, we went out to eat. To her credit, she paid. By the way, so <laughs> I, I owe her. <laughs> we, we, we went out. To, we went out to eat in uh, in downtown Fort Worth, and it was me, her, and a girl. And when we sat down, I wanted her to be there because to me, I'm talking about her girl, right? Okay. I wanted her girl to be there because a lot of times whenever people make professional decisions, and I've been guilty of this as well, we make the decisions individually. But it, it has to be a decision collectively with people that are around you that mean yeah. something. Of course, at the end of the day, it's your decision, it's your career, but... You know, if I'm going to manage a talent that's not of age, I want to meet with the parents. If I'm going to meet with the talent that's married, I want to meet with both. Yeah. Because 
they're the other voice and they have the ability to be like, I don't like him. And then you're working with him. It, it yeah. becomes a clash. I like that vibe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I put it out on the table. We spoke and I said, hey, you don't give me an answer today. Just listen. And I, I think I gave him like an hour and a half of just talking, just becoming familiar, understanding. And never in that conversation that I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to fucking put you on. And yeah. I'm just like, do the work. If you give me a little, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot. Just show up. I'll do the rest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But up to a certain extent, it's partially true. I'm saying in the past. Yeah. But my mentality was like that. So I didn't really know where we were at. But we met. We had the conversation. And I didn't hear from her until like a, maybe like a week or two later. And said, oh, I talked to everybody. And everybody's cool with it. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? You had a council or some shit? Like, <laughs> I was like, I thought I talked to who we needed to talk to. You know? <laughs> like, so I never actually asked her, like, what was that decision or what led for that? But kind of what happened you know yeah and then i know you said like uh you moved here with your girl i guess what was that decision like and uh to move to a whole <laughs> new city like for her i guess to trust you you yeah. and your career and everything to, to move here i mean honestly she pushed me more to like make it happen because i was very hesitant i was like, oh, like i don't know like i was more afraid of like changing things up for her so i was very like being trying to be more considerate because I know that's like it's a whole it's a big deal you know to just like up and move everything you've been used to yeah and um so we talked it about like talked about it but she's always been super supportive like like she's always told me straight up like I'm never gonna allow myself to get in between like your dream she's like you've been going after that for a really long time and like she could never forgive herself if she were to ever like you know get in between that because she knows how much i like i love that you know and yeah. she respects the love i have for it so she's definitely like when after that first meeting we had that day we went to go eat with him like that day we like on our way back uh to austin we we're like she was like so what do you think I was like, I don't know. I was like, do you think, like, we should move? Like, <laughs> we're just thinking. She's like, as if I sign, like, we're going to have to come back a lot. Like, it was just, like, a whole bunch of different things yeah. to take in consideration because it was, like, going to be a big shift. And she was like, you know what? She's like, this is what you want, right? She's like, this is what you've been wanting. Like, why? What? what is there? Like, what's the reason to not proceed with it? Like, like, the fact that we had to move, she was like, we can do that. She's like, that's an easy fix. And her job is very easily, like, something she can just transfer. Transfer. Yeah, you know. Okay, that's so good, that's good. So it was like, you know, it just worked out, and it was just crazy. Like, the timing was around the time our lease was almost done, too. Oh, see? Yeah. So we're like you just said, like, like, <laughs> yeah, so we're like, you know what? Um, I told her, I was like, I'm going to think about it. And she was like, okay. She's like, but just like, you know, like, I really want to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like, let me just... Like I, I felt like she was just excited for me. And she dope. was like, you know, but uh, maybe not even like two days later, I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. <laughs> like, let's do it. Like, and we started looking for places and just like that. Like, she, not once has she ever like made it like not easy. She's always been very supportive, like willing to do whatever she can to help me. Like, she just comes through for me a lot. And it's, it's like very rare to find somebody like that like someone who doesn't trip or like you know doesn't like she's very understanding like she doesn't ever you know make it mm. any yeah. little, you know. she's dope she, yesterday she went up to me like hey uh do you have anything scheduled for these days i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> checking the schedule, checking the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no but it was dope because like because i don't think people understand from a management perspective you know when i got away from doing 
what I was doing full time. I got into retail store management. So I was managing T-Mobile stores, yeah. right? And I had the second highest volume traffic store in the market. Uh, and it was, it was, they put me in an urban area for a reason because nobody seemed to have success there except me. But I yeah. put a team together and I was responsible for nine employees. So management competencies are so important to have. There's so many different variables when you're managing the talent. But you also, you really just got to know how to like, like what's important to them, mm-hmm. because if you're di- if you if you dismiss what's important to them, then you're not connecting with that. Yeah. So I think it's important that that's a really important aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I definitely I was always wondering like what took so, like what took, took so long? You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> I mean I wasn't expecting it. Yes, and I wasn't moving fast because another thing too was like whether it was like by design or not, which it wasn't. Uh, I wanted to see if there was going to be a patience. And I was like, all right. You know, she was patient. And as soon as I hit the, the, the go button, it was like, we're off to the races. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, we've only announced. I, I was looking at the my Instagram yesterday. I was like, we announced that I'm working with her on March 20th. So it's barely. It's been like, like a month, a little bit over a month. A little over a month. And in the month, you have all these dates, all these shows, all these all this music. And it and, and and a lot of impressions, you know, like a lot of like people seeing the name, people seeing her aligned with other names f- that are f- that are names in the land market as well. And I don't think that's a coincidence either. So people are calling like, "Hey, can you know can Lou, like Lou hit me up like, yo, can you do Lou Palooza? Like you know, he was interested in doing a Lou Palooza. My way trend was like, yo, can you do Trendfest? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's dope. Congratulations on that. Um, wanted to ask you also, you know, um, uh, being L- part of the LGBT world, I guess, um, uh, what was, like, the motivation? Have you ever, like, wanted to hide in your music or, like, it was, like, it was never, like, a thought or was, I guess, people like, I don't know, like, Frank Ocean or like, was that in, like any inspiration or? Really? <laughs> it was just, honestly, I've only been out for, like, two years or not my fault three years i came out when i was 21 um but it it was definitely really difficult at first (laughs) um just because i I think i was more fearful for what people were gonna think i wasn't exactly sure like how my like immediate family would feel yeah it was just like not that they've ever like showed me that they were some type of way it was just more so i just genuinely didn't know how it would be and um i did like keep it a secret for a year i was in a relationship at the time and I like hid that from my family for a while, so it just it wasn't it wasn't doing me any good, like hiding who I was from yeah. my family. So it made it very difficult. And um, at some point, you know, I, I got out of that relationship, and um, my family ended up finding out. Um, I got outed, and um, it, it didn't really go as smoothly at first. Yeah. But um, especially with not. Without you being the one to, I guess, announce yeah, it and it, all that. Yeah, it's definitely different hearing it from somebody else. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird confrontation, but, you know, eventually my parents definitely, like, warmed up to it. And, like, um, you know, they're they're definitely super supportive now. Like, they love my girlfriend. Like, they're, they like, everyone loves her. Like, they're super, like, about everything. Like, you know, and it's really, you know, it's really cool because it was, it ended up being like the complete opposite of what I expected. Like I wasn't expecting for my family to be as accepting, and so it's crazy. They don't That's see dope. me any different. Like they treat me the same. So uh, it's cool, and 
it, it made it easier for me to like be more open about it with my music because at first I definitely wasn't direct like with what kind of gender I was talking about. I yeah. kind of used to like be very <laughs> careful with how I would refer things. I also didn't want people to know that I was gay. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, yo, people, be, it, it people ask like, yo, is, uh, is X me? Is she is it gay? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's funny because for me, like, and I don't think I've ever really shared this with anybody, but I used to get really uncomfortable when I was younger mm-hmm. with not so much gay people, but my friends, my best friend's sister was, was gay. Mm-hmm. And she was like the first person I ever knew that was that, that was gay, and people would make, make fun of her because this was late nineties. Like, the internet wasn't around, and shit wasn't cool, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was real like judgmental, and even uh, whenever I got with my wife, I I would tell her, you know what I mean, stuff, and like not just being not so much homophobic, but just being judgy. Yeah. And so, like, it's funny to be here in 2021 and, uh, <laughs> to, have a, to have an artist that I'm working with. It, but, it's, it's, but it also shows, like, growth and just w- the world that we live in is completely different. But yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the music that she's making now and some of the songs, specifically the song What You Need, which I heard, heard yeah. that, was, that was the song I was like, yo, this is really good music. Remember the song I told you made yeah. me feel fuzzy? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the one, the, what you need. Fuzzy song, man. It's a fuzzy song. No, but it, it, because it's coming, you could tell that it's it's real. Yeah, it's honest and pure and all that. It yeah. doesn't sound like some manufactured stuff, so it's like that's where you need to be making music from. And you got to remember, she's only 24. She just turned 24. Yeah. So it's like you're now coming into your own. You're Because that's the age I really kind of realized like who I was artistically as well. Yeah, um... I got because I was thinking like uh, <laughs> Sam Smith, "Stay with Me." I oh. love, I love that song. I remember uh, hearing that song. And I was like, "Damn, I don't know what dude heard him, but I." <laughs> it motivated him to make. A, Yo, I a know great what song you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember the first time hearing. I was like, "Oh, I, like, oh, I feel for my dog." Yo, yo, when I heard that song, I was, I was, like, I was in a relationship at the time. And I was like, I was like, I feel like. like yo, I was like feeling it as soon as he said him. I was like. Damn, this shit go hard though. Like, yeah. I was like, "Fuck this dude that, that made Sam Smith for this man!" Like, "Fuck this dude!" I was like, "But he made a great ass song." From it. That's funny. But uh, and I also just uh, remember when I worked at like the country station. I remember doing an event with. Um, uh, they changed stations now. It was the um, the uh, top forty station that was also with Cumulus. Uh, I forgot the name. What they are. Um, now here in Dallas, but um, I worked I worked an event with one of uh, one of their promo guys, and it was uh, down in, um, down in um, Oakland, Oakland neighborhood. And uh, I remember uh, doing an event. It was uh, at one of the uh, gay gay clubs, and <laughs> it was uh, uh, what was the night? Uh, well, the guys dress up and all that. Uh, oh, uh, drag queen. Yeah, drag queen night. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so while, while we was there, I was like, I was like, okay, this, this is pretty cool. And like, uh, everybody kept walking up and like, kind of like talking and playing with the guy I was working with. And I was like, dude, I feel like some kind of way. Like, no one's like <laughs> no, saying anything about me. He was like, he was like, dude. You don't give gay vibes at all. He was like, he was like, that's the thing about you straight dudes. Y'all just think just because you're a guy. But anyway, I was like, I was like, 
Okay, but still, it's like not one guy like came up to me. I was like, I feel some kind of way. Like, like ain't nobody. <laughs> he was like, he was like again. He was like, you don't give off gay vibes. So why would anybody walk up to you? I was like, okay, okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> but um, the, the new single, uh, no saying. So uh, what what was that when you found out that you know Cap G was getting on? What, 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 it was man, it, it was, was random. random, but it was man, it was a very eventful night for me because I stayed up all night for me to find out if I was gonna get that song. Because uh, it was funny, he had hit me up. It was a snowstorm over oh, here. Oh yeah. It was oh, the the, the, the Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Yeah. Uh, it was like we were in the studio, and I, you know, Cap came in and did a lot of work, and he's like, "You need me to do anything else?" And the light bulb went off. I was like. Yeah, actually, I do, because I was already, I already had it in mind I was going to work with her, but I just didn't know where. And really, the initial plan was to take pre-existing records from her catalog and mm. then just... Re- Refresh them. Yeah. yeah, like, let's re-release these records with some names just to kind of, like, because they've already done what they're going to do on their own, mm-hmm. at least right now, and let's find a way to, like, enhance these records and then release new records because we're going to build a new audience. Yep. So, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't really find a record that I felt fit him. And so I was like, send me some records. She sent me three songs. And that was the first song I listened to. I didn't even listen to the other As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. But I went ahead and I listened to the other one, I think, or maybe the other song or two. And then I was like, that's the record. And so when he came in, I was just like, yeah, I need you to do this. And he's like, all right, cool. And he did it. But it, it was the last one he did. It was like probably two in the morning. But I had texted him, like, stay awake. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I was up all night. <laughs> yeah, but it came in, I was like, yo, like, I, I mean, personally, like, She's done several records since, but that's probably my favorite just because of the the, the backstory, just because it was the first, and it, it really wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But had it not happened, a lot of things would have happened to follow it. Like, you know, she just did SOB's New York, uh, the, the virtual concert, like, last weekend, which airs... You're yeah, in, Tuesday, you're, yeah. You're airing on Monday, so it airs on Wednesday, so it airs okay, in yeah. two days... Cinco de Mayo, but people can go back and watch it on YouTube, and all these things are made possible off of that start being the starting point. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And then I also saw you got the another new single coming up with uh, Baby Bash. Yeah. What, 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 what I guess what was the feeling like to hear like, yo, I'm gonna do a record, fucking Baby Bash. That one just, was crazy. An OG I mean. like this, like like. We grew up yeah. listening to, like, his joints. It was crazy because I, like, spent, like, the whole weekend with him that weekend. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> so, the, it was, uh, yeah, we were there from Friday. And Friday, it was just, like, I was just kind of there with everyone else. Uh, Cap was there. Baby Bash was there. And, like, just a, it was a good amount of people there at the studio. Mm-hmm. And we're all just, you know, you know, chilling. We're smoking, getting to know each other. And uh, at some point, you know, um, I was there before Bash had pulled up. But Bash pulls up and, like, I'm not really the type to, like, fangirl or nothing like that, but, like, I was definitely just kind of, like, damn, like, my 16-year-old self right now. Yeah, it's like, 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 not believe this. I was just, and this, but he was so nice and humble, like, off the bat. Like, I remember the first thing that happened, which was cool, because I was, he he walked in, he was like, man, he was like, I need some papers. No one had papers except for me, so I was like, "Oh, you like yes!" <laughs> I was like, I got some cool points, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah, he was a cool dude. Um, so we just kicked it on Friday, and then uh, 
Saturday or did we do the? Well, what Saturday happened was Saturday. we we she. It's funny because the bash thing. Uh, I had been telling I'm gonna get you a record with Bash. I'm gonna get you a record with Bash. But me and Bash had never talked about doing it. Yeah. I just knew I was gonna make it happen. And uh but it was weird because like we had did a clubhouse. Like you know, the clubhouse was yeah. popping or whatever. And she she was in a room with club and with Bash, we were all in a room. And I remember when she posted it on IG story, she's like, damn, I was just in a room with Babe Bash. She was fangirling on that, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I noted that. But I made it a priority. I'm like, we're going to get a record with him. So I originally wanted him to get on What You Need. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I didn't because I think that that song, as time progresses, like the more music that you put out and the more you build a new audience, they're going to go through your back catalog. And that song's going to be the beneficiary of all the new records that come out. Because mm -hmm. people are probably going to like that record more than some of the records that have names on them, which is fine. Mm -hmm. That's what it's meant to be. Yeah, because I used that. I was like, I've done it myself. I was like, oh, I like this one, but oh. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how that, that's that's the Russ approach, right? Russ got going, and then his back catalog was the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. Um, but with the Bash situation, like I I had set up a record with him and Cap G, so off top I already knew Bash was gonna do whatever I asked him to do because of that, which is why I was like, "Yo, you're gonna get the record," but I didn't really know he was gonna do the record because mm -hmm. he came in Thursday night. Then he laid out the record with Cap G that Thursday night. Then Friday afternoon, he came to the studio. So I was like, yo, come to the studio. He's going to lay out the verse for you. But he had never said he was going to lay out the verse Friday afternoon. <laughs> and then Friday afternoon, they all went because they went to go do some other songs. And But he was aware at that point that going into that week, I did tell him, like, hey, I want you to do something for the artist I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Let me introduce you. So Thursday night, we played him No Saint. With with Cap in the room. That was the first time Cap had heard the whole record. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? All together. So he's hearing it, and Bash is hearing it, and then, you know, they, they, they liked it. But I don't think Bash was in the room. I don't remember if he was even in the room at the time. He may have been. No, he, he was. No, he was. He was, but we were like, hey, he's like, well, I'll come back tomorrow. So he mm. came back Friday, and then we went to the car, and then we played several of her records for him. And these were the records that, you know, we were going to see which one he wanted to get on. And so I think we played him several records, and then, that song but within the car that car that was probably to me the most memorable thing of it uh because he was complimenting her man you you sound like you belong on the radio right now okay let's see, and, that's nice. and at that's that point he's putting he's putting like all this like like really self-belief and saying man you're you're doper than this artist you're better than that artist you this you know you're dope and then he's like well i'll come back tomorrow and i'll lay out the verse for this song okay so in my head, I'm like, I told you, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said I was going to get him for you, but got you. Yeah. It was, that was, my, honestly, but it wasn't planned like that. It just happened that way. And then the next day, she did the studio session with him. And he came in and did the verse. And I was, like, running around, and I had got there. And, and so she takes the picture in the studio with just them two. Because we had taken a, a picture on Thursday night. She didn't post like, but that Saturday picture. I was like, post that photo. Because at that point, now I know what we're about to do. Mm -hmm. Let people know that something's about to happen. And she did. Everybody went crazy. Yeah, I was like, like I said, I was like, <laughs> Baby Bash is a legend. This yeah, is like, like you said, wild. like we 14, 15, 16, <laughs> like yeah. listeners, and like. Hearing <laughs> him in there like was a trip too, because I was like. I would like hear my voice, and then it would just hear. I would hear him coming. I was like, "Damn!" I was just like tripping out, just sitting there, like quietly, like 
internally freaking out. Like, damn. <laughs> He's, like, really, like... Like, I'm watching him record song. on my song. Yeah. <laughs> it was even crazier is, like, just being Mexican. Not to use the Mexican, but, like, our culture, like, in Texas, there's, like, a handful of people that, like, you do a record with them. Like, it's, like, as much as Bash has been around, like, look at his catalog. Check how many female artists he's done a record with. I'm going to have to check that check. out. I don't even I don't I don't think it's more than five if that you know maybe and, and Latinas so it kind of to me says a lot you know yeah like that, that's that's dope because especially like that that's a statement <laughs> like especially yeah, I'm gonna tell you like this there was an artist that came on Thursday night that wanted to get him on a song so when Bash was leaving the studio I said hey Bash like I got a guy who wants to pay you for a feature man how much you want and then oh man you know this much it was a couple thousand dollars but who is he. And is he good? Because I ain't trying to do no song with no whack motherfuckers. I don't just do songs for people. Yeah. So that, to me, already knowing that he said he doesn't do songs with just anybody, and you can check his catalog. He really doesn't. Let's you know that he pres- he preserves his brand as, as what it is. Yeah, it's like I'm not just about to pimp out my voice for any <laughs> for any old dollar or whatever. Specifically for the culture. And then after he did it on that Saturday, like, we didn't shoot a video for it. I was like, bet. Hey, see, especially when the feature is like, I want to shoot a video. Like, Oh, that was crazy. you want to do a video? That. Okay, <laughs> we know we know we got that locked up. <laughs> yeah, because because I've, I've heard even from bigger artists like a lot, a lot of features like, oh no, I'll do the song, but you know, yeah, uh, videos <laughs> something totally different. Nah, but he, no, he he did but it. To but he did it on love, like he did it on love, and, and 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 I and I fully expect when the song comes out this week that I'm not gonna hold him to it if he doesn't promote it, but I'm sure he is. That's a lot, you know. That's a lot for an artist that uh, that that's kind of like not even during a, like a rebrand, just kind of as a launch. Like mm-hmm. you have somebody like like pushing you up, and mm-hmm. that's credit to Bash too because he's doing that for another artist that I know that he's just helping him out. And a lot of artists don't do that. He's he's kind of getting older, and he, you know, it's 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 something that I, I see him doing. That was dope. Yeah, that's it. Is super dope. And then I also uh, you got a a tour com- uh, coming up. Uh, I know because. Uh, the Dallas show is this week. So uh, speak on, uh, is this like your first tour or, or, or like how excited are you for going on tour and all <laughs> so that? So it's definitely dope. Um, I think it's more like, uh, how would you say it? Like um, more like just our like launch kind of tour thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's been dope. Um, I did uh, Oklahoma City um, and then we did uh, Houston after that. You know, we did, we just like, Added the SOBs New York, the live stream. Um, and then now we got Trees coming up in Dallas. And after that, we got San Antonio, then Durant, Oklahoma. And I believe that's festival. it. Festival. Oh, and the festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't forget that one. Yeah, And, <laughs> and then the big festival in uh, July. It's crazy, though. It's like I've been performing for a really long time, and I've done, like, over 100 shows, but this is like the first time I'm really doing like these kind of shows, like where, you know, where it really like, where I'm really dedicating more time into like the performance aspect of it, like making sure like my performance is more on point. And like, I think back then I used to focus more. So like, let me just make sure the crowd likes me mm-hmm. <laughs> versus like, I want to make sure that I put on a show. Yeah. That's, and, that, um, that's that artist development right there. <laughs> no, facts. Yeah. It's definitely a different, like, I look at things very differently now just because, like, I view this more as, like, a career now versus just me, like, trying to get to a certain level or to a certain point. Like, to me, I'm, like, I'm there, and I just got to make sure I can, like, 
get to this level and make sure I can stay here. Like, I want to be, like, I don't just want to be here for a little while, you know. Yeah. I want to be here for as long as I can. And I think, you know, I'm starting to, you know, learn that there's still a lot for me to learn, and I'm just trying to get to a point, you know, where I can just kill kill it more confidently. <laughs> with, like, autopilot, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I think, like, with artists, you know, despite being around it for as long as you've been around it, the one thing you learn is that there's always room for growth. And the moment you stop growing, you stop going, right? So, like, mm -hmm. you just got to know that there's always room for, for improvement. And I feel like with her, just kind of seeing it, like, I don't need to teach her how to make music. Because you can help an artist develop with, you know, production and songwriting, but, like, I don't necessarily think that's where she needs help with. Like, the the performance aspect is going to be a, a, a vital part of the, the, the long term because the more your stage show gets tight, mm -hmm. the more the demand comes. But it doesn't hurt that you already have this momentum. Like, you know, these impressions, as, as I call them now, right? People seeing your name in your face. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of the rappers last night that, you know, posted a picture on their story and I saw her followers go up like 25 or 30 like I'm monitoring her like her numbers because that's a big part of the competency aspect like how do you manage and measure work how do you know what you're doing is effective yeah if you put out a song yeah it has 20,000 streams but did you did you convert those people to followers and to fans and what we're seeing early on with the first record at least is that there's a conversion rate where her followers have jumped a good number so this next record that comes out on Friday should help her go even further than the next record the next record so by the time you get to releasing her, her solo con content and her material you're trying to have a whole new audience mm -hmm. that was built over the course of three or four records you know what I'm saying and and, and in the process doing it with shows as well mm -hmm. so she's playing the Tame Money show this Friday um, at Trees I think it's gonna be sold out right now. I just check the ticket sales. It's like a three hundred and thirty ticket sold right now. So you're gonna walk into an audience that's built in for you to give them whatever the fuck you want them to leave leave with. So yeah, now you got to tell them the story. Everything that she just did on this podcast, convey that in a 10, 15 minute set and give that to the audience and make them feel connected to you so they can be like, I fuck with her. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to ask you what the the virtual show with uh, SOBs because you know. SOBs is a, a, le a legendary venue yes. for uh, out in New York. So, what, what was that like to to do that? Even though it was like you know virtual, because you know that's even more viewers and yeah. like because it's New York. You <laughs> know, know so what was that like? It was super dope. I mean, it, it was like put together within like forty eight hours. So it was like super cool to be a part of it, and I I, I felt honored to even be a part of it. To be honest. I, it was super cool, though, like, the entire setup that we did, it just felt like we're, like, on a whole TV set, the way that, you know, uh, the way that everything was shot. Like, we were, you know, on that on the stage, and they had, like, three different cameras set up. And mm -hmm. it was definitely, like, what's the word? Like, like uh, nerve-wracking a little bit, like, because <laughs> it just seems so big, you know, the setup and um Knowing SOBs and knowing the people that have like been a part of their show, like like legends, like people who've been like on billboards, like Grammy nominated, like you know what I'm saying. So it yeah. was just it was it was dope and super surreal, and it was cool that it was like also for an event, like representing like for the Latinos too, like on Cinco de Mayo. So it was cool to like 
be able to be someone to represent that for everybody. So it's cool. Okay, cool, cool. Well, the only last couple questions I really ha- had for both of y'all is uh, I always like to end with some, some music questions. So I'm going to start with you first. <laughs> um, being also that you're the artist, if you could collab with any three artists, um, any genre, dead or alive, who would you want to do a song with three artists? <laughs> For sure, I would have to say Brent Fias. Okay. Uh, um, him. Damn, this is tough. But and it's all on one record, y'all. All on oh, the same. Oh, all on one song? Yep. Okay, since I'm going to have to get him. <laughs> um, Lucky Day. Okay, yeah, I love me some Lucky Day. Yeah. And let's see. Last one, I'm gonna have to just go with ASAP Rocky. Okay, okay. Just like, I like his older flow, you know? Yeah, okay. Okay, I can see that. I can see we're gonna have to make that happen one day. (laughs) That'd be dope. I can see that. It'd be a different different vibe, but. Yeah. Okay, smooth. I'll I'll say, what would be uh, the ultimate collab with three artists that you would love to hear? Hear? Man, I'll still get on a record with these motherfuckers. Okay. Goddamn shit. Uh, Definitely Tupac. You know, definitely Tupac. Uh, it'd be weird, man, because it's kind of hard, man. I got a really, really diverse group of talent that I love. Uh, does it have to be strictly rap? Yeah, no, it's like in any genre, dead or alive. Probably be... Because, you know, if it's just from a fan perspective, it would be Tupac. I'd probably have Boys to Men on the hook. Okay. And then the, the third verse would probably go to... Eminem, probably Eminem. Okay, okay. It's a little weird, but yeah, that's probably where I would go. <laughs> I mean, they've already collabed. I was like, I, I love that joint from was it the Resurrection? Yeah, I would, the, that's yeah. not so much the ultimate collaboration as much as it is. Those are my favorite artists growing up. Yeah. Joe Dassey being my other favorite artist, right? So it's like, really, how do I like bridge them all together? Like, it would have to be something like that. Yeah, because I know like Jagged Edge is my favorite group, but Boysman is my is my second right after that. I I cannot stand Jagged Edge. <laughs> I saw them actually. I saw them fight backstage one time. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw just genuine invited me to a show because I got a really good relationship. And I posted about him on Instagram today, and I was on stage during Tyrese was on the bill. Mm-hmm. Jagged Edge was on that show. Whenever I got there, Jagged Edge was fighting on the way out. Oh wow! It was pretty pretty crazy. I but, can see. The, I can see. The but I'm gonna like tell you the, why I don't like Jagged Edge though. Now I'm gonna leave you with this. The reason I don't like Jagged Edge is because I'm such. A fan of Boyz II Men and Jodeci, they did an interview in the Vibe magazine in the late '90s, and they were basically saying, "Don't compare them to them because uh-huh. they're better." Jagged Edge did this. Oh wow! <laughs> so I, after that, I was like, "I don't like these guys." So I was a big Drew Hill fan and a big One Twelve fan. Yeah, uh, I always tell people that they're like, "Why do you like Jagged?" I was like, "It's because it's like when I was first like really getting the music, my stepdad gave me a Jagged Edge oh, CD." Okay, I take it back and like now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Let's get married." Is like my Favorite uh, song from them. Uh, okay, I think it's right. I like them. Uh, no, nah, they got they got some good records. I just that was the only thing I didn't like about them. Like uh, I remember, um, I think I still have the, the video on my phone. But uh, when I went to Duce Palooza, uh, when it came here to <laughs> Dallas, oh, yeah, when, when me and my friends walked in, that was literally like the first song that I heard. So like as we're walking, in, I just like ran in the middle for it. Basically, like maybe like two people, and I was like, "What's going on across the seas?" My friends was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Y'all know 
this is like my fucking favorite record. I was like, I don't care if no one's on the floor. And like this girl like came up, started dancing. And she was like, oh, you got that? I was like, hey, yeah, come on, dance with me. Yeah, let's go. Hey, what's yeah. your top three though? Um, ooh, okay. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> I wasn't expected to get get it thrown back. Okay. Um, I would go with my guy Wale because I'm a, I'm a big Wale fan. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wale. Mm, who would I want? Are we, uh, I would say Lucky Day, Wale, Lucky Day, and for a new vibe, I would say JID. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an alternate off top Tech Nine, Jordan Lucas, and Hobson. Yeah. That right yeah, like, I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, that's my next festival. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll mark it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I've, well, in the last few years, I've definitely become a, a Tech Nine fan, just really like learning about him and yeah, like seeing how like other rappers and stuff respect. I'm like, oh, this dude is actually like really nice. <laughs> yeah, really and I was like, I love how hardworking he is, and it's like, yo. He's really actually making a, a lot more money than a lot of these. Yeah, he's the names. he's the blueprint for sure. Yeah. Um. See what my other, mm, other question. Okay, I'll, you don't you don't have to do five if you can't think of five. But I guess for each of you, top five Latino artists. Ooh. Ooh, this one's easy for me though. That's tough. That's <laughs> yeah. So number one would be Romel Santos. Okay, I've heard of him. I'm like a big bachata fan. So him, second. Damn, actually, hold on. This is a little hard now. <laughs> uh, it could be all time. Yep. Oh, for many generations. Uh, damn. Damn, Selena. Okay. I, had to throw it in there. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get um, Selena on. That's automatic. Jenny Rivera, for sure. Um, let's see who else. Um, Elvis Crespo. You said five. Yeah, you want more. I want more. Who's my fifth one? Damn, this is tough. Because <laughs> it has to be like a combination, like current and growing up. Because like growing up, I have like I have. Oh, it don't have. matter. Like when, when any 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 five, you 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 got. <laughs> I had to say the fifth one. I'm gonna just have to say Bad Bunny because that's like Bad Bunny. <laughs> I have to. Yo, Bad Bunny go hard, yeah. but I would put him. I don't which know because of Parks. I've become a fan. <laughs> I would say Bad Bunny's reaching my top five, but I, I I'm more of an Ozuna fan, and you know it just got a little weird whenever his like sex tape came out, so I can't really like vibe with him like that. Yeah, he had that he had that gay sex tape. Out, yeah, you know? I was like, uh, yeah, you. <sighs> But he's dope still. Uh, <laughs> I would say that you have, for me, Selena's in the top five automatically. I don't think there's any way you can't put her in the top five. But I would put Emilio Navarro up there as well. I think Emilio, during his prime, actually rivaled her popularity amongst the culture. Mm-hmm. And he's dope. And he had a country album that I think a lot of people didn't realize. And that was a dope-ass album. Um, aside from them, too, I mean, because I grew up, like, on Tejano music, so I grew up, like, with groups like Mas and, and like, La Mafia and shit. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, they're really dope, but I can't sit here confidently and say, oh, man, that's that's my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think Romeo Santos is dope. I would put Frankie J in my top five because Frankie J, 
at one point I was like, yo, he's he's that guy. Yeah. Um the other artist it's very subjective, you know what I'm saying? Because like if I really go Latin rap or Latin in general, I would probably go with Immortal Technique and Chino XL to round it off. Okay. Just okay. because like both of those artists were artists that when I was younger just blew me away. Like when I first heard Immortal Technique, I like the first time I heard the Dance with the Devil or whatever it was called, like I was like freaked out. But his storytelling abilities was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, and then when he did You Never Know, I cried when I first heard it. And I never had been moved like that. Chino Excel and Immortal Technique are the only two artists that I ever cried listening to their records. Big Pun, technically, is amazing. Yes, but, I, I love Big Pun. <laughs> but, but, but musically, those guys move me. You know, same. I mean, even like with Cypress Hill, they're amazing. But yeah, something about something about Tech and Chino that I'm like, yeah, yeah. Kate and I. So that's my top five: Chino, Tech, uh, Selena, Emilio, and I don't know who else I said. But yeah, that's my five. Okay, okay. Uh, well, just to end it off, uh, anything else y'all want to mention before we get off, and then you know, give y'all social media and everything. Go stream No Saint. <laughs> <laughs> and then the new record. Right? Yeah, and Vibe With You, that will be dropping on May 7th. So y'all go check that out featuring Baby Bash. Okay. And I think for me, follow her on Instagram, XB Valentine. Uh, just keep up with everything that she got going. Uh, for me, buy tickets to the festival. Uh, anybody wants to connect, feel free to reach out. I have a real Vince McMahon style of like promoting because that's like my inspiration as a promoter and just as someone that knows how to sell product. Mm-hmm. So just tune in, you'll have fun. You know what I'm saying? And you'll see if all else work ethic, you know what I'm saying? Because we're always working. I'm always working. I'm always trying to do something. So I appreciate you having us on though, man. It's a dope interview. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this for me. But I was like, hey, you got to book some extra time, bro, because <laughs> we, we, we can go. We're going to go. It's all right. I, was like, I remember uh, when I did with Don't Take It Personal, um, Jay Will hit me up. It was like, hey, bro, how much time did you get? I was like, I was like, I used to do like an hour. He was like, no, nah. like, you don't have to book more time. He was like, I'm even willing to like pay for like yeah. the second hour. He was like, because you know. He was yeah, like, man, I've done Jay Will's show, man. And yeah, I, you know, they go three, four hours. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a really good thing going. You know, to their credit as well, man, those guys have been really consistent, you know, for yeah. the last several years. So it's good to see them still grinding and working, you know what I'm saying? So keep it up, bro. There's a lot of people that that fall off, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, guys like them, they're like my inspiration. Yeah, and the cool. fact that I can, I'm able to like text and talk with them and like just even just talk about their podcast or just like get advice, like that's super dope. And then both, you know, Jay Will's name is Josh. My name is Josh. I was like, I was like it work. It's, it's meant to be. <laughs> there you go. The, the Josh crew, man. Yep. Uh, um, but again, you know, thanks to y'all for, for doing this. Yes, um, this is another episode of the Music Impulse, and we out. Howdy. Yep. What up, y'all? It's your boy Smiles. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Music Impulse. Follow the page at Music Impulse on Twitter and Instagram. That's M U S I C M P U L S E. Follow me at JW Smiles. As well as, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Music Impulse. Your boy Smiles, and I'm out.